Which, real quick, I explained that to my wife, thinking that, oh, that's like so cool, right? Like, yeah, in a world covered in water and pirates, to be like the strongest pirate, you need magical powers, but you trade your ability to be able to swim. And I was like, how clever is that? And she's like, eh. I've never wanted to have sex with a pot pie, but like, I'd have sex with that pot pie. <laughs> We're all weak to stepping on nails. Let me preface this by saying I wrote a script. Daytona Beach is like two mild inconveniences from being a post-apocalyptic wasteland anyway. So many of my tabs say semen. Just gonna Google old Western women's names. You can't handcuff me for skanking. This motherfucker gaslights you. Diet Coke and Sorrow will be chapter four. And against all odds, Kyle, we became those squirrely weirdos. This whole podcast is a very negative mouthfeel. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right and someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk, talk about comic books, video games, and how the first four minutes of episode four of WandaVision was everything I wanted out of Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, that's pretty much and it. And now <laughs> I've officially dated this recording. <laughs> um, WandaVision so far has been it, not only a, like a breath of fresh air in post-pandemic life but a breath of fresh air in the mcu in general it's a superhero show with almost no action and it's it's amazing more more riveting than than the bottom half of the mcu uh, canon like it's it's so good <laughs> well and andrew andrew nailed it we're not here to talk about wandavision but mm -hmm. the to talk about wandavision for a second the uh the fact that like the first few minutes of that episode felt like a full-on marvel movie mm -hmm. like you know spider-man far from home gave us and then the band came back in the middle of a basketball game whereas yeah. this was like no this is this is horror like gray's anatomy level nightmare stuff did you just say horror and gray's anatomy in the same sentence todd Grace has <laughs> had some heavy shit in their in their shows. Yeah, like that time that Dr. Gray birthed an alien chest burster. There was a, there was a right. bomb. There was a that bomb. Was my favorite. Part. There was a yeah. bomb. Episodes. There was a shooting. Yeah. They've been dealing with and COVID. Then, and then the phrase saying how to save a life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my my favorite part of every horror movie. <laughs> there was McSteamy. There was McDreamy. There was a plane crash. Now that Todd's plugged his Grey's Anatomy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's a watch along. Now that I've got your attention, we're going to continue our high seas adventure. Our high seas adventure that we began last month with, with part two of the One Piece flavor text. Now, fair warning, dear listener, if you didn't listen to part one or you just don't know anything about the East Blue Saga of One Piece, I highly, highly recommend go back and listen to that episode. I promise I've given you just roughly everything that you would need to know about episodes one through 68 of uh, of this show. And if you have listened to it, go listen to it again. We want those sweet, yes, sweet metrics. please do. Please <laughs> do. Uh, so just like our heroes, the Straw Hat Pirates, I've got my own crew of lovable, spunky misfits. Joining me today are Matt Oh Come My Way Karate Cole. It's my favorite Christmas Ky song. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Moletown Cleanup Hitter Harper. Oh, oh man, that's not what I read. I've been waiting for you to say clean up Hitler and really wondering <laughs> where that was going to go. <laughs> Moltown clean up Hitler? That's bad. No, it's, it's Moltown clean up Hitler. Well, Matt, you see what you want to see in the notes, I suppose. <laughs> Oof. Wow, and I've this been is reading the part too much of news. the show that no one will hear. <laughs> and Todd, candle champion Thomas. Todd is a candle champion. Yes. I, you know, it was my wrestling name in high school. <laughs> Andrew, what's a candle champion? We'll get into it, I promise. All right. Okay, so just a quick recap before we before we jump in. 
So last month, we met our main protagonist, Monkey D. Luffy, a teenage-ish boy who acquired Reed Richards' Rubberman powers by way of the gum-gum devil fruit. He's got big dreams of finding the One Piece and ultimately becoming the King of the Pirates. And joining him on this journey, we've got Rora Noah Zoro, which is really hard to say. Rora Noah Zoro, an expert swordsman who's trained in wielding three swords. Remember the guy that has the sword in his mouth? We've got Nami, a skilled navigator and your stereotypical chaotic good thief. Uh, Usopp, a cowardly con artist who serves as the de facto gadget guy, because every team needs a gadget guy. <laughs> and, and, and my personal favorite, Sanji, the horny head chef that kicks like that dude from Tekken. Tight. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, when we last left the Straw Hats, they had just escaped from Logetown, excuse me, Logetown, en route to enter the mysterious Grand Line which is where the One Piece is said to be hit. So today's discussion is, uh, is going to be all about their first major adventure in the Grand Line. And that adventure is the Alabasta Arc. Woo! I don't know if I should react to that or not. I, Woo! Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so this, this is going to cover episodes 60... Well, there's some filler episodes. So like episode like 75 through episode 130. Okay. All right. All this right. is so. This is going to be the first. I think we established last episode that uh, blue uh, East Blue is like the first year and a half of the show. So this is the next year and a half. So at the end of this episode, we will have covered the first three years of One Piece, a show that is still running after twenty years. My God, <laughs> I, I want to take this opportunity before we dive in to just state to to reveal my shame that I don't know if I caught last episode that his name is Monkey D Luffy or if I forgot it. But I thought that was a typo in the show notes. And it's not. I was wrong. Monkey D. No. Luffy. Luffy, yeah, Luffy. Or, or just shorthand Luffy. Yeah, Luffy yeah. was what no I No one was... ever calls him Monkey. I don't know where that comes from. It's like a title, I guess. Well, actually, we, we find out later in the show. But even I don't know that because <laughs> the show has been on for 20 years. Anyway, uh, real call out to real quick. Special thanks to uh, Derek Harper, longtime card-carrying card member of Hashtag Butthwomp Nation for commissioning not one but two uh <laughs> episodes of flavor text he paid us that's right he paid us a cool hundo so that we would talk as much about fla- about uh one piece as humanly as possible we can actually stand yes as we can yes. physically fit into our bodies the price goes up for the third episode derek mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. this apparently sets the precedent of how much fifty dollars gets you of one property i will never do this much again for fifty dollars <laughs> i'm staking my reputation on it um just also bear in mind that that last month and this month's episode was originally supposed to be part one Woo. okay Woo. so let's start so you guys remember you probably don't remember but uh the, one of the first things i explained in uh, the last episode was the actual world of one piece uh, if you remember, the world of One Piece is covered in major, major four quadrants of ocean divided by this narrow strip that runs along across the equator. This is the Grand Line. It's Wind Waker world, right? So there, there are mm-hmm. no major continents. Everything is just like little tiny scattered islands. Um, the Grand Line, i.e. I- the equator, is one where the One Piece is, is said, to, said to be, um, spoiler alert, we're not going to see the One Piece yet. <laughs> in case you didn't you, pick mean, that up. you mean you don't see that in the first yeah. 150 episodes of a 900 episode series <laughs> crazy right who would have thought on either end of the grand line is this this layer of like dead zone area called the calm belt so to answer the question 
why can't people just sail to the Grand, the Grand Line? It's just the equator mm. of the world, right? Well, the spoiler or the hand wavy uh, reaction to that is the calm belt doesn't have any wind that travels through it. And the technology on this world is basically where we were in the like 1700s. So it's, there is no, um, there is no like engines, there's no steam engines or anything like that. So ships can only use wind travel or are only propelled by winds on sails. So if there is no wind, henceforth, no travel. You got to do those old school Viking Yep. Viking ships with the, the rowers. Yeah, well, people just don't do it. Also, there's like sea monsters or whatever. It's fine. Who cares? So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So there is one specific point at where the, at where the um, equator meets the meridian, the prime meridian, where you can actually get into the Grand Line. And that is like all the traffic going on to the end of the Grand Line is funneled to this one place. And that is called Reverse Mountain. <laughs> Why is it called Reverse Mountain, you ask? I'll tell you. Uh, basically, because it's just a giant mountain with a waterfall that goes up. What? Oh, that wasn't goes up. what I was expecting. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, have guessed that. that. My guess was a big hole in the ground. That was nope. my guess, too. Nope. It is basically a water escalator that carries ships nope. up a mountain, and then it spits them out on the other side. Also, the Grand Line is one way only, so you can't go left. You can only go right. So it's, it's the Panama Canal of this world? Reverse mountain yes. is the Panama Canal. <laughs> Got it. All right. Wait, cool. wait, the Grand Line only goes one direction, so it only Correct. goes like east, east to west. west. And like east or west to west. To east. Yeah. Okay, east but west. like so basically yes. if you got into it, you'd have to go all the way around. No, it goes to, like, west to east. It doesn't matter. It, doesn't matter. <laughs> it literally doesn't matter. It goes one way. It goes one way. So yeah, the one piece is on the other side of reverse. All the way back around. Yeah. So it's assumed that the one piece is on the other side of the mountain that they can't get. Like two seventy. Stop it. You have to get off in Hilliard and go around a bunch. Uh, okay, so the Alabasta arc starts, like I said, with this first mini arc. It's called Reverse Mountain. And it's just about that, about Reverse Mountain. So the first episode, our straw hats go up the mountain. It's crazy. They're like, oh my God, a waterfall. And then when they get to the other side, they are met by a gigantic whale who's blocking their path forward. Um, we're going to start here. So, uh, dear listeners, as always, we've got a great imager gallery linked to in the show notes. Um, if you are in a place where you have internet, I highly recommend you follow along with the image library. I will reference which number image we're talking about. They are all in order. Um, people playing at home, I would go to image number one. That is the whale laboon. I love him. I love Laboon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Laboon's a big favorite. Um, Laboon, again, remember I said back in last episode, there are a lot of things, a lot of like weird one-offs in One Piece that come out, come up 30, 300 episodes later. Laboon is one of them. Laboon, yes. apparently, again, allegedly, according to our mutual friend, Tommy, who's also an uh, avid listener of the show, uh, Laboon is a big figure later on in the Does show. Does Laboon sound anything like Patrick Warburton? Uh, no, he does not have a voice, unfortunately. Oh, it's a fair question, because a lot of animals in this show do have voices, but Laboon does not. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, as, Lump, Luff, as Luffy is wont to do, Luffy tries to punch the whale. What? And, of course, the, well, and then, of course, the whale retaliates by swallowing the ship and its crew whole, straight up Pinocchio style. I love that. <laughs> like, yeah. Not that the whale just instigated and was like, I'm going to consume this ship, but the Luffy punched the whale for yep. a reason. Because he, usually he doesn't need a reason. He just does shit. If, if you're not looking at the image, this whale 
has has been through something too. Like this is not yeah. a, he has. a cute, adorable whale. It's, nah. it's he has. snout is covered in scars. Like and like many of the stories of One Piece, they are cutesy on the outside, but full of abandonment and parental issues on the inside. Well, no, on the inside, they're full of a pirate ship that it just ate. You just told and in us this that. case, <laughs> they are also full of a pirate ship and an entire island. So let's go inside the whale. Um, so while, while, join me, listeners. <laughs> join me inside the belly of Jabu Jabu. Uh, the crew winds up on an island inside the whale that's inhabited by a nutty old man named Crocus. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a man living in the whale. There's a man living in the whale, and what's, be- what's awesome that? is what's <laughs> yeah. really cool is he painted the inside of the whale's chest cavity to look like the outside. So that's you can awesome. see it in image two. He's sunbathing inside of the stomachs, the stomach of the whale. <laughs> it's so good and stupid. That's so it's dumb. so good and so stupid. Um, so why does the whale have all these scars on its head? Well, I'm going to tell you. So what's going on is the whale is actually ramming its head into the side of the backside of Reverse Mountain. Now, Crocus, the old man who lives inside of the whale, uh, is, is apparently like well well knowledgeable about Laboon's entire like backstory. Um, so he explains that Laboon had come to the Grand Line with another pirate crew like 50 years ago. Um, that pirate crew left Laboon there because he's a giant whale. Well, he wasn't a giant whale at the time. He was like a baby, little baby whale. Um, but they didn't want to risk taking like a fucking whale with them. So they said, hey, don't worry, we'll come back for you. And they never did. And that was the last that Laboon had seen of them. Oh, that's so sad. That is so sad. It's yeah. super sad. Oh, I hate it. I want to give, yeah, La- it's super I wanna give sad. baby whale Laboon a hug. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's super sad. I even have in my notes, it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so meanwhile, we, uh, so there's, there's a couple of different things going on. At one point, Luffy gets like ingested further into and then like sputtered out or spit out of the whale. Um, but before he does so, uh, he meets, well, we, the audience, meet a pair of unsavory characters uh, that go by the names Mr. Nine and Miss Wednesday. They've got a, an unscrupulous plan to capture Laboon and feed him to their town. Oh, what? I don't which, like that. Which they don't outwardly say that, but that is confirmed through exposition by the pre- aforementioned Crocus. Sure. Um, however, Luffy, doing Luffy shit, just kind of like jettisons in and just kind of crashes through them, crashes into them, and the three of them get sput out, sputtered out, sput, spit, sput, spit out. What spat, it, spat is spat the word out, I think spat you want. Spat out of the blow. They get blowhold out. They don't get blowhold. They don't get blowhold. So you can see Mr. Nine and Miss Wednesday in image three. And we'll talk about them in just a bit. Got a got big heat miser and ice miser energy with uh, Mr. Nine and Miss <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> uh, I was gonna big Jesse and James energy, but yeah, that's but, what yeah. I was leaning. There's well, we're we're gonna do a lot of blasting off again, Kyle. So get re- get ready. Meanwhile, Crocus and the rest of the Going Merry crew, um, they're just hanging out on the in the on the inside island, and uh, he's like, they're like, how do we get out of here? He's like, oh, the door's over there, <laughs> so they just leave. <laughs> <laughs> I love in that. true anime fashion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, outside, Luffy fucking stabs Laboon in the face with a mast. What? <laughs> and then tries to fight the whale head on. What is Luffy's problem? What did well, Laboon okay, do to so deserve this? Nothing. He he's doing so in a misguided, unsuccessful attempt at befriending the whale, um, <laughs> because now he's declaring that they're rivals. Because we have to rem- you have to remember this is a this is a world of pirates, and everyone's like. You know, I'm gonna beat you up, rawr, rawr, rawr. and like the 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 
the fake toxic masculinity of it all. They're they're all so swashbucklers, like, yeah. Like yeah, the, they're all they're all rough and tumbler. A handshake is pirates. a handshake is like a quick sword fight, and then you you point yep. you win, and then you pick the other person up, and you're like, we're friends. It's a now. Sign of respect. Yeah, it's sure. a sign of respect. So Luffy, uh, before they leave, paints the straw hat insignia on the whale uh, in return for him promising to stop ramming the mountain. So Luffy's saying, you have to stop ramming the mountain. We'll be your friends now. You're part of our crew. It's cute. That's image four. It's, you can see a, a very badly, poorly drawn straw hat logo on Laboon's face. It's, it's what fun. did Laboon get in that exchange? Uh, he got a new friend. He's on a team he, that's now. What, yeah, he wanted yeah. to be on a pirate crew. Let's Laboon oh, wanted oh, right. wanted his pirate crew back, and he got he got a new pirate crew. So we'll see more of Laboon whenever the hell I continue to watch One Piece, which is <laughs> who knows. Um, I I will confirm that any every plush of Laboon I'm looking at uh, comes with the straw hat insignia painted on his nose as well. Mm. Yeah, um, Laboon is a Laboon is a big favorite in this arc. Um, there's a couple other cutesy characters we're gonna meet. Uh, you'll you'll know them when I call them out. The real um, friend was the whale we made along the way. Mm-hmm. Stop. Uh, so I mentioned Crocus. The only reason the Crocus is not mar- marginally important to this arc. The really only la- long-lasting thing that he does is he hands Nami in in return for them befriending the whale or whatever. Uh, Crocus gives Nami a, uh, a, a this item called a log pose. Now. Up until this point, Nami has been our navigator, and she's just using a normal compass-ass compass. But because of story plot, the, he explains that the, in the Grand Line, magnetism is not a thing, or rather, like the magnetic field is not a thing. Sure. sure. Because, sure. Um, yeah, of course. Because we need another hurdle to, to clear. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So imagine, if you will, right? It, this is a, pr- a fairly narrow, just like straight shot, but you've got a bunch of islands scattered around, right? And on each side of the Grand Line is the calm belt. So you, you don't want to just like go sailing willy-nilly, right? Because if you land in the calm belt, you're fucked. You will get eaten by a giant sea serpent or whatever story hand wavy plot. So what happens is each of the islands in the Grand Line actually have their own magnetism or magnetic wave field. field. So there's these items called poses that these, the characters get that will basically lead them to the next island and it's like they have to jump from island to island because of plot so hand wave hand wave it doesn't really matter to me explain it but this is why this is the poorly explained reason why they're gonna do a pokemon ass thing and just go to every town on their way to the yeah, ultimate why, destination why you sure. can't just sail straight around the world yeah. why you've got to stop in the and every port you find yeah yep. yeah sure yeah, yeah. yeah um Reverse Martin, reverse Martin, <laughs> reverse mountain ends with uh, Mr. Nine and Miss Wednesday returning uh, because at this point they were just like, Meh. and uh, and uh, on the way back, they get attacked by an otter and a vulture wearing sunglasses, which is depicted in image five. Okay. I have questions about image five. Yeah. Yep. Um, so they fight again with the straw hats after being attacked by the otter vulture team. And uh, after losing to the straw hats, uh, they, they, uh, they say stop <laughs> they <laughs> surrender sometimes i can't think of words uh they surrender and ask them ask the strouts to take them to whiskey peak can we find out more about the otter and the vulture now we'll, Is get, that... there. Okay. we'll get there okay right now they're just an otter and a vulture but we'll learn who they are soon. well like the otter's wearing pajamas <laughs> yeah he's fun he's fun guy um, okay, so Whiskey Peak is our next destination. So this is Whiskey Peak is is the first like major arc, first like major island that they've gotten to in the Grand Line, and it's obviously the first real town that they've seen since Logetown. Um, and when they get there, they are welcomed with open arms, uh, basically being given a hero's reception. 
Now, again, may I remind you that when, when we were in Logetown, it was made very clear in the show and, and while they were there that, like, this is the last stop for humanity. Like, most people don't go to the Grand Line, yeah, you know? Yeah. At least that's what we've been le- led to understand. But what we're going to learn in the Grand Line is, like, the Grand Line's just another place. It's like when, like when you tell your parents that you're moving to California and everyone in your family's like, oh my God, nobody lives in California. There are earthquakes. Actually, plenty <laughs> of people live in California. It's just another place for people to be. Yeah, I can it's confirm like that. that being raised in Pittsburgh, they were like, you can't move to Ohio. There's literally nothing in Ohio. Yeah. And after living in Ohio for eight years, I can confirm that there is one circle of things in the middle of Ohio. And yeah. that's about it. Yeah, so it, it's funny to see, and this will come up again and again, like, the Grand Line is just another place. Like, people just live here. Like, they're just towns, they're cities, like, there's kingdoms, you know, whatever. But anyway, so we're at, risk, we're at Whiskey Peak. Um, Mr. Nine and Miss Wednesday, again, they're the reason why they, the, the crew went to Whiskey Peak. They immediately dip out. They're gone. Um, Luffy goes into town and eats until he's the size of a building, because that's the thing that Luffy does all the time. And he can do that because he is the gum gum man. <laughs> he can do that. <laughs> because, of course. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Um, Nami, uh, if you, if it wasn't, if it wasn't clear already, Nami is our Han Solo, obviously. Right. Um, Nami go, starts going drink to drink with a bunch of, uh, bar flies. And then, uh, while Sanji and Usopp attempt to hump their way across town, they oh, get good. mad thirsty. <laughs> was that with an H? That was all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Zoro, uh, our resident enforcer and team badass, uh, suspects that something might be off and uh, he fakes passing out and the rest of the crew just like either through drinking, through eating or through sheer horniness just passes out. Uh, surprise, something was totally off and they were obvi- very obviously being light, led into a trap. Of course. Um, right, yeah, that tracks. Natch, Natch. Uh, Zoro quickly figures out that the people behind this is a group called Baroque Works. Uh, this is an organized crime syndicate and they have operatives from all over. Zoro then goes on to murder 100 bounty hunters oh, <laughs> by what? himself. Oh, man. And as you can see in image six, he murders yeah. an entire town. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And just like on his own. And he just does it. And he's like, he's like smirking the whole time. Like he doesn't oh, even break sure. a sweat because Zoro's a fucking badass. I just want to say Baroque Work sounds like the name of an artist co-op. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Super does. So Bur- Baroque Works is the main big bad in Alabasta, and we're gonna get we're gonna hear that word a lot, and it never gets old because Baroque Works absolutely spe- sounds like an old like community music gathering. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also see Nami. Nami shows up. Well, apparently Nami was also faking it. So she was pretending to drink, and she was only drinking water. And uh, sees Zoro murdering everyone. Was like, oh shit. <laughs> um, that's it. Uh, so Mr. Nine and Miss Wednesday show back up. Remember them? Um, Miss, Miss Wednesday calls in her pet chocobo to help fight Zoro because she has a pet chocobo. Just a big duck. It's a, just a big rideable duck. Does it talk with a New York accent? It does it. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, they obviously do not fare well um, because, you know, Zoro just killed an entire town. Yeah, what's, what's two more people? Yep. Uh, more Baroque Works agents show up. Uh, these are Mr. Five and Miss Valentine. Um, now, they arrive to reveal that a spy was identified in the ranks of Baroque Works. Uh, do you want to guess who it is? is it, it's Miss Wednesday. Is it the Chocobo? Oh, okay. Oh. No, it's Miss, it's Miss Wednesday. Uh, as it turns out, Miss Wednesday is actually Princess Vivi of the Kingdom of Alabasta. 
Oh, she's, obviously. Oh, okay. She's a major. The Alabasta arc. See, get it? Yeah, so yeah. He said Princess Vivi's going to be. <laughs> Princess Vivi's going to be a main character. Uh, see, in Image 7, that's, that's Vivi in her actual form and her pet, Karu. He's supposed to be a duck, but he's a fucking chocobo. Like, tell me that's not a chocobo. I also love Karu. Yeah, yeah Karu rules. Karu's really <laughs> do we, good. Do we know why we, everyone is a number? Why they're named. A yeah, number. so so sh- this is actually this is the episode of exposition. I don't have it written here, but I'll I'll try to shorten it. So Baroque Works is this undercover criminal syndicate. They've got a lot of different layers. They're, the top layer of Baroque Works are agents, and every there are a series of agents. They all work in pairs, and they all have code names. Nobody knows the real identities of the other agents, so they all go by Mister Number and Miss Holiday, Miss a Holiday, com- parentheses. Miss Wednesday is not actually agent, uh, which is why Wednesday being my favorite holiday. Of the <laughs> year. Uh, well, yeah. it's, it's you'll see all the other ones. They all have they're all actually Japanese holidays. Uh, so the the next rung, you've got the the millions. I might have this wrong, and I apologize. There's the millions and the billions, and one there's like the middle level or like the like the upper tier enforcers that are trying to get an agent slot, and then the the I think the billions maybe the bottom tier. Those are just like the drones. The, the, the drags, the foot, the foot clan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Zoro like basically took out just like a hundred of the foot clan, but Got still it. like pretty impressive because he's one person. One yeah. Person. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot more to Baroque works than, than obviously just that. And uh, so we learned that Vivi, her whole thing is that she has been tracking this group. Um, so she has, and this is all happening like during a battle, which is like really weird, but whatever. Um, so Zoro's Zoro's kind of like now facing or facing off against Mr. Five and Miss Valentine. Vivi's like, hey, sorry I lied to you. Anyway, Nami, I, I will give you one billion berries if you can return me safely back to Alabasta. And Nami's like, shit, fuck yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. We don't got better than nothing better to do. <laughs> I do it all for the berries. Yeah. So Nami's like, Zoro, stop fighting <laughs> them and fight Mr. Five and Miss Valentine instead. And he's like, I, okay, I guess. Uh, so image eight, we've got Mr. Five. So he's one of our he's one of our next big Baroque Works agents. Um, Mister Five is also our first Devil Fruit user that we're going to talk about. Uh, you guys remember the Devil Fruits? These are the the fruits that people eat to get superpowers in return for never being able to swim. Which, real quick, I explained that to my wife, thinking that oh, that's like so cool, right? Like, in <laughs> she a was world, like, "Stop talking a, to me! I'm trying to sleep." A, yeah, in a world covered in water and pirates. To be like the strongest pirate, you need magical powers, but you trade your ability to be able to swim. And I was like, how clever is that? And she's like, huh. <laughs> 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 like, and I was like, all right. Poor Welcome Todd. to me trying to explain one piece to my wife in the last any time in the last <laughs> two months. Uh, so Mr. Five has the powers of the bomb bomb fruit, uh, which means that he can make any part of his body explode. Ooh. Now, the way that he does this is most intriguing. He just flicks boogers and they turn and they explode at people. Amazing. So he's like, pull up that YouTube video. He's like a more (laughs) gross gambit. Is what you're telling me. (laughs) It's exactly that. He's a gross gambit. Um, And his partner, Miss Valentine, is also a devil fruit user. Real quick, remember last episode, Todd, and you're like, it's cool that there aren't a lot of devil fruit users. (laughs) Yeah. And now we're going to find them all. Yeah. I was going to ask when we got into the grand line. Do the number of devil fruit users increase? It's it's all devil fruit users. Always yeah, has been. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Miss Valentine's thing is that she can adjust her weight with her power of the kilo kilo fruit. 
Now, it's not like a size changing thing. It's more like she adjusts her body's density. So she she makes herself like super, super heavy. So like the force of her kick would like crush somebody. Or she can make herself light enough that she can just kind of float away in the breeze like a plastic bag. Uh, she's got a little par- parasol that she that uses. That is technically the blob's power from, the, from X-Men. Mm. Yes. Um, watching a video of these two right now, I think it's from this scene where this photo came from. And he is legit flicking boogers. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. like what you thought Matthew McConaughey was going to do in that car commercial where he was just like rolling his fingers, where you thought he was like rolling up a booger and there was going to be a flick afterwards. <laughs> it's And there he is digging for a booger. Everyone should watch. Just yeah. I, I won't tell you what to search because put, if put you a, put a, guess. Put a link in our chat, Todd. Maybe, well, we'll put, maybe we'll put that link in the show notes. This is what I was going to say. We're talking about Mr. Five and how he flicks boogers. What are the three words you need to put into a search to find this video? Mr. Five and boogers? Mr. Five flicks yeah, boogers? Yeah, those are the three words. Okay. 100% the same words I searched for. Yeah. I mean, One Piece is a pretty big deal, Taz. Like, <laughs> you, you don't have to work very hard to search for One Piece shit on the internet. How, how did he figure this out? I don't, I don't know. He's picking his nose one day and he exploded a wall. <laughs> He's, this is... Can you imagine? Sorry, I'm Wait, not gonna... no, up, oh, stop. Hold on, I got it. You're like, you're you're alone. You're like going to town, right? Sure, and you're yeah. you're all deep in there. <laughs> and like somebody comes in the room, so you do one of those like and try and like very slyly wipe it mm-hmm. on the side of the yeah. wall. And then all of a sudden, like boom! takes off. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'm gonna say about this man is that he just flicked a booger. You know how like if a SWAT team rolls in with a pistol, like they support their hand. Like, they're yeah. trying to, like, hold the pistol steady. He did that with his finger as he flicked a booger in the thing I just watched. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Like, he was drawn really back good. to flick the booger. Then he had his other arm out to support the arm to flick the booger. Yeah, he does the same thing uh, Izuku Midoriya does when he shoots his, uh, his arm energy in My Hero Academia. And that was for me and no one else. Um, anyway. Todd is 100% going to watch One Piece now. I'm, yeah. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I watched the whole Arlong fight um, on YouTube the other day. It's very good. It's good. Okay. Uh, so remember Luffy? Remember our friend Luffy? Yeah, he's still sleeping. Uh, he shows up. He wakes up and he's like, where is everybody? And uh, he finds Zoro fighting Mr. Five and uh, uh, Miss Valentine and flips out because he thinks that Zoro is fighting the town because he doesn't he doesn't figure it out that the town was trying to betray them and rob all their shit. So he starts like fighting Zoro and everyone's like what is, what the fuck are you doing you idiot? <laughs> um cuz he's a fucking idiot. And uh anyway, doesn't matter even despite the fact that Zoro and Luffy are fighting, they're still able to chase off Mr. 5 and Miss Valentine. Um so this is where Vivi explains Baroque works to the crew. Um she's also explains that the reason she needs to get back to Alabasta is because Alabasta is on the verge of a bloody civil war. And she's discovered that it's all been carefully orchestrated from the top, behind the scenes, by Baroque Works. Ah, of course. And then so she starts to explain the, the layering. So we've talked about the agents, the billions and the millions. Well, at the top of the agents is Mr. Zero. And all of those numbers refer to their ranks in the organization. So it goes from zero to, I think, 14. But we don't mm-hmm. see a lot of them. We're only going to see the top six or seven, I think. Anyway, Mr. Zero is at the top. Um, we don't know who Mr. Zero is, but we do. But she does reveal that she learned that his name is Crocodile. Okay, sure. Two things about mm. Crocodile. One, nobody else knows this. It should be stands like not even Baroque Works agents know Mr. Zero's 
identity. So we don't really know how she knows that, but she knows that she isn't supposed to know that. And also because now that she's been found out as a spy, they're all after her because she knows that identity. So she, she's got a big fucking target on her back. Crocodile is a relative of hers calling, calling it now. Go on. Uh, Remember Mihawk, the guy that uh, s- sliced up Zoro in the middle of the Baratier arc? Yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah. I, we only talked about it a little bit. Um, I talked about he was one of the warlords of the seven sea or seven warlords of the sea, excuse me. Sure. Um, yeah. Crocodile is actually another one of those seven warlords. Oh, okay. Just oh, for, okay. okay. Never mind. He's, yeah, he's got a lot of influence. So Vivi has learned through being through infiltrating Brokeworks that Crocodile wants to use the Civil War as a means to overthrow the kingdom and assume power. Um, so she thinks that she, if she can make it to the Resistance in time, she can convince them that Brokeworks is the en- the enemy and and try to stave off the Civil War. Remember that otter? <laughs> that otter shows mm-hmm. up again. I haven't forgotten about <laughs> yeah. the otter. Mm-mm. So the otter. The reason I didn't explain it before is the otter is actually another agent of Brokeworks. This is Mister Thirteen. Shut up. Shut up, it's not. <laughs> the vulture is his partner, Miss Friday. So we've got we we meet uh one of Vivi's like bodyguards, his name is Igaram. Uh he was there in town kind of like secretly watching her, and he kind of shows up and he's like, Princess, I will protect you. And he sacrifices himself uh to basically to like to distract the vulture and the otter to let the rest of the gang get away and uh, escape Whiskey Peak. Is all of sure. Alabasta about to be an escort mission? Are we doing an escort mission for this whole arc? Uh, well, yes and no. I mean, Vivi just becomes like one of the gang. Okay, so she's just right. like another character. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. V- Vivi's cool. Vivi is just blue-haired Nami. Like, if I were to describe B- Vivi, she's like she's Nami but has blue hair instead of red. Sure. Is it? All right. Cool. They look the same. They act the same. I just didn't like. Whatever. I wasn't ready for this to be like a whole protect the princess arc for no no hundred episodes. V- Vivi, I they I think. Vivi is like a big character in the series. Um, and I think they the intention may have been to like they wanted to make her like another temporary straw hat. Um, but they don't really like go out of their way to develop her character very much. Their whole thing is just like, I have to get home, I have to get home. So she kind of falls flat. I think like she is she, she has a lot of potential, but like I don't think she's a very like like liked or likable character. She's That's just kind of boring. She's a little vanilla. She's like I said, she's Nami but blue hair. Cool. Anyway. So before the crew heads out, we see another mysterious figure waiting for them. This is Miss All Sunday, image number nine. Miss All Sunday is the highest ranking officer in Baroque Works. So she's paired with Mr. Zero. Ah, um, okay. Now she, she reveals that she is the one who, quote, let Vivi find out about Crocodile's identity, but also blew Vivi's cover. Um, so she escapes, escapes out of frame like Proto Man to further reinforce the fact that we don't know her allegiances lie. Allegiances ah. lie. We don't know where Miss All Sunday's allegiances lie. Yep. Got it. All right. Cool. These are She's fun mysterious. Names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Miss All Sunday uh, looks like she just finished doing a set at Graceland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She rules. She's super cool. Um, we'll get a lot of her later. Um, okay. <laughs> remember Kobe and Helmeppo? Hey, guys, remember Kobe and Helmeppo? I remember Those the are names. names. Yeah. Kaya. So, image 10. So way back in episode one, what? we met a we met a little boy. Oh yeah, Kobe. <laughs> he's, he's image five on the last one. <laughs> yep, uh, we met a little boy named Kobe who broke Luffy out of the barrel. And Luffy and when Luffy and Zoro met, they left Kobe on that island to go join the Marines. So at one point, Shonen Jump and the writers of One Piece were like, 
what's El Meppo doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we do a little interlude here. We need to pump the brakes on on this yeah. arc. Let's do a side yeah. story on El Meppo. What's what's going on with El Meppo? So, uh, so we take a break with with our straw hats, and we we go see Kobe and El Meppo, who are working as chore boys on a marine ship. Now, one thing I remember, I if you remember from the last episode, we talked about the Marines. The Marines are the like the right hand or the strong arm of the world's government. The Marines are mostly assholes. They're not great people. <laughs> they are just another faction. Uh, they are nor- neither good nor bad. So we've got both of them. So in image 10, you can see both of them kind of like uh, swabbing the deck, as it were. Co- Kobe's our good, good boy. Uh, but Helmeppo looks like a 45-year-old, 15-year-old. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> somehow they strike up a weird friendship. So they're, they've got each other's back. Um, one day they get orders to transfer a prisoner. It's Helmeppo's dad, Captain Morgan, who is the guy with the, uh, the with iron... the axe arm. The axe, the yeah. axe arm, that's the yeah. one, yeah. Anyway, during that transfer, Captain Morgan somehow breaks free and attacks Vice Admiral Garp um, and then takes his own, his own son hostage and tries to use him as a human shield, <laughs> as depicted in Image 11. Vice Admiral Garp. Garp is very yeah. good. Yeah, I'm. I'm still not over the audacity of putting putting a character named Captain Morgan in your pirate show. Like, <laughs> yeah. just... Lo- localization's a hell of a drug, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, Kobe uh, Kobe convinces the Marines not to shoot Helmeppo straight up dead. Um, Morgan escapes with Helmeppo, but then Helmeppo decides to, to like jump out of the ship and swim back to the Marines. Um, you know, because his his own father had an axe to his neck. Kobe and Helmeppo then ap- apologize for or losing Morgan to the Vice Admiral Garp. And uh, through a series of cool montages, they show their dedication to becoming great Marines and ultimately win his begrudging respect. And that is, there's a part of that training montage in Image 12. Great. That's Kobe and Helmeppo. Literally doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. Yep. Um, okay. So Little Garden. So this is our next, our next major arc. So we've left Whiskey Peak. The Straw Hats are arriving at their next major island in the chain, which is called Little Garden. Now, despite its name, it is actually a huge jungle filled with dinosaurs and other prehistoric plant life. Uh, ironic naming. Mm-hmm. Ironic naming. Yep. Ding. Uh, so this is another one. This happens all the time, and they just, like, the Straw Hats are all, like, they are a team, but they, they, make, it, they make it said, like, a number of times. Like, they don't really work together. They're all a bunch of people doing their own thing, and they all just kind of, like, end up at the same place. Um, it's, there is a lot of like, meanwhile, this is happening and it's, it's just so that they don't have to tell a story with seven people all around at the same time. So this happens a lot where like people will just kind of pair off and, and have their own adventures. Um, so this is a great example. So Luffy and Vivi pair off and, uh, they kind of had one way to investigate Sanji and Zoro are fighting cause they're always fighting. Um, they're fighting about something along with, that has to do with women and uh, they just kind of wander off. And then Nami and, or sorry, yeah, Sanji and Zoro. Yes, I said that right. And then Nami and Usopp, the, the two people that really don't fight or don't get into fights and can't really, like, don't have powers, they stay on the ship. Okay, cool. Um, so sure. Luffy and Vivi uh, meet a giant named Dory, who is super friendly and laughs by yelling, yuck, 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 yuck. Image 13 is Dory. And then, meanwhile, Zoro uh, fights a Triceratops, which is pretty rad. And uh, yeah, and, and Usopp and Nami back on the ship are attacked by a T Rex. Um, they, however, are saved by another giant named Bragi, uh, who just decapitates the T Rex. Okay. And uh, hit. Oh. His laugh is awesome. yeah, ba 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 ba. 
Can you do those one after another so that I can hear the yeah. difference, please? Yep. I need to I need to contrast them. And if yep. I don't hear them one after another. Yuck, 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 yuck. And who's yeah, ba, 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 ba. The first one being Dory, the second one being Brogy. Brogy. Brogy mm. sounds like in the original Mario Kart when you hit a banana peel, or Mario Kart 64 when you hit a banana peel, and he's Mario goes, ah, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a giant, so it's deeper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've got two giants. So we learned through back and forth uh, recollections that these two giants, Dory and Bragi, have been fighting each other for 100 years. Oh. Um, and and they don't want. They don't know why. They've completely forgot the reason. Uh, but they do know. They do say that they both hail from um, Elbath, which is home to the giant warriors. So what we learn is there is a race of giants, and they're all badass warriors, and they live in Little Island or whatever. Um, so image 14, I think that was, oh, sorry, that was the, that T-Rex fighting. Yep. Okay. And so it just to be said that again, this is another one of those, you know, play, put it on your bingo card. Another one of those things where we don't think we're ever going to hear about Elbaf again. And, and what I've been told is Elbaf comes into play like 40 years later. Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, whatever. Um, so it should be noted that Luffy and Usopp are both super into these giants. Um, Luffy, because Luffy loves anything that he can fight. And Usopp gets like really enchanted with the idea of Elbaf as like a village of warriors. And he gets all charged up at becoming a powerful warrior himself. And I'll remind you that Usopp's whole thing is that he wants to be like a brave and powerful captain because he is, in essence, a fucking coward. Right. So, yeah, sure. yeah. so yeah. he's like, I'm going to be better than myself. But, you know, but again, like Usopp and Nami, again, they're just people. Like they don't have mm -hmm. special powers. They don't have like superhuman training. Like they're not like Sanji and Zoro and, and Luffy. They can't really hold their own. So they, you know, they have to be smart and they have to kind of, and that'll come into play a little bit later. And we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh-oh, Mr. Five and Miss Valentine are back. And oh, they're here geez. with, uh, <laughs> oh, dang. And they're here with two new Baroque Work agents, Baroque Works agents, excuse me, uh, Mr. Three and Miss Golden Week. Golden Week is a Japanese holiday. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. It, sound, um, it sounds like the last name of a Bond girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it kind of does. Uh, Mr. Three uh, has this plan to kill the giants and collect the 100 million berry bounties on each of their heads, um, in addition to capturing the straw hats, uh, which Five and Valentine have chased here. So again, just to set the scene, there are bounties on everybody, but there are bounties on the giants, and then the Baroque Works is specifically chasing after the straw hats i'm i'm gonna need some explanation of this picture of mr three in our image gallery sir yeah we'll get there yeah we'll get there real, real quick is it ever explained like who puts the bounties like do the marines put the bounties does marines oh okay yeah. all right cool that is that is specifically the marines job got it uh so we'll talk about mr three in a, in a bit when we see his power um but for now just know um dory and Bragi continue fighting uh, but for the first time in their 100-year battle, Dory actually suffers a major internal injury. Oh, no. Turns out he got sick from drinking some beer that Luffy had, and then he immediately attacks Luffy in retaliation. We come to find out Luffy did not poison the giant because, of course, Luffy didn't poison the giant. It was Mr. Five who poisoned the beer with explosive boogers. Oh, dang. All right. Yep. <laughs> that, yep. that is a sentence... That That's I'm a very sure, cursed sentence. Yes, cursed yes, sentence. that. But that is a sentence that I'm sure hit a little bit differently when there wasn't a respiratory virus <laughs> ravaging the world. <laughs> Excellent. So Dory attacks Luffy. Luffy's able to fight him off because he's weakened. 
but Dory still is able to trap Luffy under a giant rock. And Luffy, this happens to Luffy a lot. Because Luffy is, as the rubber man, he doesn't really like feel pain or like take hits or whatever. But he gets trapped under stuff because he's stretchy. <laughs> sure. And like that's his that's his like his Achilles heel is getting trapped under things. Um, so he's trapped under a rock and he can't get out. And uh, Dory goes back to fight Bragi despite the fact that he's in a weakened state. Meanwhile, Mister Three and Miss Golden Week capture Zoro and then Nami soon after. And this is where we see his powers in action. So image 15 has an action shot of Mr. Three. Um, couple points to note, note his hair. It is actually in the shape of a three. That was the one I needed explanation for. Mm -hmm. That is Um, bananas. Even for anime. This guy looks like the director of my college marching band. Like a (laughs) sleeveless button up shirt. With uh, Converse and khakis, does. His, uh, does. so why does he have a his? Why is his hair in the image of a three? You guys, well, <laughs> I'll tell you. He, uh, Mister Three, has the power of the wax wax fruit. Which does anybody want to take a guess what the wax wax fruit does? I is he, I read a, is he a wax so bender? <laughs> He's a wax, wax bender. bender. Yep, <laughs> yep, exactly what he is. Uh, so he is the candle champion in the aforementioned titles. Oh, there we go. Uh, boy. Yep. Um, so he can manipulate, he can create this wax and manipulate it into whatever form he wants. Then we're going to see his super ultra technique in a sec. You know, um, you know that episode of South Park where Stan's dad is like, it was, it was the ectoplasm. The ectoplasm. <laughs> it was a spooky ghost. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Same um, energy. Yeah, you could, you could definitely interpret that as a particular way for sure. Uh, anyway, so Usopp catches up with Luffy and Vivi. Um, the other, of course, like Luffy's still trapped under a rock, and uh, they they all kind of come to the conclusion that Baroque Works is is behind all of this tomfoolery. Dory and Bragi are fighting, but Dory is incapacitated, and we find out that Bragi is like, oh no, because they're again like they're warriors and they respect each other through battle, and they're not actually trying to hurt each other; they're good friends. Unfortunately, though, Dory being incapacitated allows Mister Three to catch up with him, and Mister Three also captures the giant along with Vivi. So Usopp, meanwhile, dips out with Vivi's chocobo, Karu, to free Luffy. There's a lot of chaos, but basically, you've got everybody but Luffy and Usopp are trapped right now by Mr. Three. That's where you need to... That's where we're okay. Um, if you look at image 16, the can, this is where Candle Champion comes on. Comes yeah, into trying, play. To, trying to pick that one apart with their brain. They're, be, they're trapped in a giant wax birthday cake. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Run that back and say it again. They're all being trapped in a giant waxed birthday cake. Oh my god! Um, and they're being slowly all the all the straw hats are slowly being turned into wax statues. There's a really funny bit where like Zoro's trying to cut off his own leg, <laughs> and <laughs> Nami's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Well, I don't want to be trapped here." And then he's like, "Ah, oh, damn it, I can't do it." And then he just like strikes a really cool pose. <laughs> he's, she's like, "What are you doing now?" If I'm and he's gonna like, be a wax oh, statue, I want to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cool. Oh, jeez. <laughs> just All so right. good. I love that. I love that scene. Um. Anyway, uh. So that's so that's image sixteen. Um. We get cut to Usopp and Karu, which is the chocobo. They break out Luffy, and then the three of them arrive to help free the others. However, Miss Golden Week intervenes and she shows off her powers. And that's I want to know Week what her powers are. 17. So there's going to be a lot of rep. Weirdly enough, like there is a Kirby or Kirby boss in every one of these characters. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember that Kirby boss, the painter that like paints the enemies? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's basically Miss Golden Week. It's oh, Smeargle, um, the Pokemon. 
Yeah, or Smeargle. I guess that <laughs> would have been a better. She's got powers. She's got Smeargle powers, so she can she can paint. She has a, she doesn't have a double fruit power, but she has this this like magic whatever palette of paints that can do what she calls the color trap, and she paints a color on somebody, and they they feel an overwhelming sense of one emotion. Okay. So okay. So of course, like she does it to Luffy because Luffy's like an idiot, and he's a very <laughs> simple person. Um, so she paints him yellow, which makes him just like laugh uncontrollably, which it's like, it's just fun to hear him like on the floor laughing while the rest of his team is like, help us. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, she makes, she paints him green. So like he comes super chill and then he just has a tea party with her. <laughs> Good. Like, okay. Good, and nice. then uh, she paints him black, uh, which, which is like the most serious one. And that makes him want to betray his friends. And like, it's not like he doesn't kill them or anything. They're just like, Luffy, help us. He's like, I don't want to. And he just kind of stands there. <laughs> oh, okay. It's really weird. Um, Usopp saves the day and devises a trick. Remember I said like, again, Usopp and Nami have to figure out how to, how to arts, outsmart people. So Usopp does a trick and uh, breaks, the, breaks the spell, allowing Luffy to fight back against Mr. Three, who is now riding a wax mech suit. Which is shown in image eighteen. Good yeah, God. Yeah, um, <laughs> wouldn't have great. guessed. Outstanding. If you'd have told me step by step, like this person's ability is to mold very strong mm-hmm. wax and then just make it, I wouldn't have guessed mech suit. No, why never. wouldn't it be? I would have guessed more like I guess it's very like Green Lantern esque, but for yeah, yeah, hard candle yeah. wax. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. exactly that. To, yep. to do um, a big old callback, this mech suit looks a little bit like Pete from Goof Troop. Okay. <laughs> that got me. <laughs> I was choked on my water. Motherfucking Pete from Goof Troop. A little bit of Pete from Goof Troop and everything. The the real Pete from Goof Troop was the friends we made along the way. Uh-huh. The, okay. the real we, Pete. The real Pete was the goof we tripped <laughs> yeah, along the way. On. We're moving on. Uh, okay, so Luffy and Usopp devise another clever trick to burn the wax, and they fight off both pairs of the Baroque Works goons. Um, so after the battle, we flip back over to Sanji, who has just been gone this like whole time he's just been hanging out by the ship and he's like we literally cut to him he's like where's every where did everybody go i should find them sure yeah and uh he <laughs> like a nerd he starts walking <laughs> off and he finds a house that's made entirely of candle wax want to guess who that belongs to um is, is it mr three it's mr three he walks inside and he's just like drinking tea inside this candle wax house and then he, for whatever reason, he answers a phone call, which is also a snail. <laughs> what? <laughs> do they, um, do the, they operate with... It's a snail Flint, phone. ...with Flintstones rules? Or is everything an animal in this, <laughs> in this island? I don't know why there are snail phones, but there are. The phones are snails, and that's it. Um, on the other end is Mr. Zero, who we remember as Crocodile. Uh, assuming, so when Sanji picks up, Mr. Zero just assumes that Sanji is Mr. Three. Sanji continues the, to, the fabrication and says that, yes, he took care of the straw hats to try to throw Baroque works off their scent. Mm. Um, the, remember that otter and that vulture show up again? <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> and, Whatever. And, uh, and Sanji fights them and steals their pose, their log pose, to show them the, to show them the rest of the way to Alabasta. Because, um, again, we need a hand-wavy reason why they're going to go to more islands. I understand what the pose does, but I'm confused what a pose is. Uh, it's it's a little. Did I have a? Maybe I didn't put a picture of it. It's so it's imagine like a, a little like a like a sphere, a little uh, like a glass ball, a little smaller than a baseball, and mm-hmm. it's got like a compass a compass needle inside of it, 
it just doesn't point it doesn't have cardinal directions it points in the in the direction of the next island they have to go. gotcha okay Got you it. did say there's the island hopping that makes and more there sense. is a pose for every major island so like if this were a jrpg that would be a key item <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's right. it's just the little key that gets you to the boss so that yeah. you can use the big key well exactly you, you, yeah you go beat the the island and you get the new pose to go to the next island and exactly so forth i mean it's, so it's a yeah, it's yeah. whatever fill in the blank mcguffin yeah 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 okay um so let's resolve the resolve the thing with the giants uh we find out dory is okay um remember dory was sick and got hurt whatever um also the giants after they're done fighting remember why they were fighting and it's literally because they were arguing over whose fish was bigger sure yeah sure i still have okay, friends i right. won't talk to because we disagree about the size of our fish <laughs> <laughs> um and <laughs> and as a way to uh as a way to thank the straw hats the giants kill the island eater which is a gigantic fish monster preying on ships trying to leave little garden therein justifying the entire reason why we were here in the first place was was the island eater introduced before they killed it or uh -uh. okay good <laughs> that's so good. good oh man yeah. so at the end of this like whole little this mini arc they're like oh shit by the way this thing we're gonna kill this thing that you just yeah. met yep. wow yeah excellent so excellent. here's it's very possible that the island eater was foreshadowed at the beginning i'll be fully honest this is the arc where i was like uh like <laughs> this this one and whiskey peak i was not into this very was much on when I while you were it. doing other things this was on while i was doing other things exactly now to be fair this next arc this is what brought me back so cool. for what it's worth um I, again like what i'm giving you guys like i said at the top of the episode before we started recording i'm giving you the highlights like there's there's a lot of fat on these bones but there's a lot of meat as well we're all meat no fat today so um okay so let's go to the next arc drum island um, so Drum Island starts uh, on, at sea. Um, now, again, they've got the pose to get them to Alabasta. So they are going straight for Alabasta at this point. They're not, they are not taking any side, uh, side quests. Um, <laughs> however, Nami comes down with a really bad fever. And she's like, not like sick, but like almost on the verge of death. And again, like, remember, this is pirate technology. Like, they've got some food, but they don't have medicine. They don't have a doctor, and they're at sea. So like... They can hope for her to get better, but she's probably going to die. So they decide, yeah, we're going to need to make a pit stop and find a doctor. So they stop at the next major island, which is the aforementioned Drum Island. On the way there, they are attacked by this weird sphere-shaped pirate and his crew named Wapple. He's got a steel jaw, and he showed in image 19. He looks like a huge fucking dork. Looking at this picture for the past few minutes... Um, I realize this pirate is wearing a hippo cloak. I thought the hippo's <laughs> teeth were this pirate's eyes, which makes <laughs> him look very, very different. Not, not just a hippo cloak, a fuzzy hippo cloak. Yeah, yeah. right? Gotta be rare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, he's, he's a fucking nerd. Question, so this is the second pirate we've met with a metal mandible. Is that a reoccurring theme in this world? <laughs> Well, we'll find out. There's a reason why, but we don't know yet. Okay, um, got it. Luffy, Luffy fights that these... to come back. Mm -mm. Yeah. Luffy fights this guy and sends him blasting off again pretty easily. Love it. So the crew arrives in Drum Island. Uh, again, they're looking for a doctor. They need to save Nami. Um, but as they get in, they're held up by the town guard, who's led by a man named Dalton. Um, I should also mention Drum Island is a snow island for 
whatever reason. For cool. reasons. Yeah. Um, Here so at the equator of the world, there is a <laughs> yep. snow island. Yep. Uh, it's fine. Um, he explains that, uh, Dalton explains that until recently, Drum Island has spent 20 years under the rule of a cruel monarch named, you guessed it, Wapo. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And uh, Dalton is image 20. Dalton is a geometric figure. What the hell yeah. is wrong with Dalton? <laughs> yeah. So we don't know this yet, but I'll tell you why Dalton looks the way he does. It's because Dalton is another Devil Fruit user, but he's got a different type of Devil Fruit. And we haven't seen this type before. Um, they're actually, and this is a little past where we are in the show right now, but I'll explain it here. There are actually three types of Devil Fruit. Um, Paramecia is the one that we've seen pretty much up until now. I was That's not like... expecting a scientific name. I was expecting like <laughs> no. fruit, fruit, doot, doot, and poot, poot. <laughs> yeah. the, the para paramecia fruit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Always keep you guessing. That's uh, yeah. that's One Piece's rule. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so Paramecia is the kind that Luffy has. It's the considered the most common. It's just like altering like a particular part of your body to give somebody an abil- uh, ability or superpower. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's blue when it comes out of the loot box. I get it. Yep. Uh, zone types are actually ones that allow people to change shape. Uh-huh. So Dalton can change into uh, like a like a bear or something. I forget. Dalton's not a big character. <laughs> Um, that does not explain why his face looks the way his face does. He's he's the big man because he can he can change into a big big creature. It's a bear of a man, huh. as they say. He's a bear of a I man. Mean, and it then, literally yeah. looks like somebody at the studio was like, "Hey, intern, can you like just put a face on this character for us?" And he was like, <laughs> uh, y- 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 "Yeah, sure." And that yeah. was what we got. Uh, and then there's a the last type is uh, Logia or Logia Logia Logia. We'll say Logia. Logia. Um, Lugia, Lugia, yeah. <laughs> Lugia mm. is lo lo l o g i a. That's the third type. We're not going to focus so much on that. Is how it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> oh my That's god! It's Robert Lugia, Lugia. The, dro- the devil fruit. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, since we all did that joke at one time, You're I'm going to go try to catch my stupid place in my stupid. Um, notes. You should definitely Google image search Dalton One Piece. He is like a Johnny Bravo of a man. <laughs> yeah, he fucks. He fucks. Um, okay, so we get a little bit of the backstory here. So Wapple was the monarch of Drum Island. He, his whole thing was that he banished all but 20 doctors from the island as a way to monopolize medical care. Ooh, that okay. hits a little close oh, to home. I hate that. Wow. Yep, yep. Um, hmm. However, a super powerful pirate named Blackbeard, kind of on the nose, hmm. uh, attacked and drove Wapple and all of the doctor cronies out of town. So Wapple is just kind of hanging out as a pirate because Blackbeard drove him out of town. And we're going to hear that. That's a very important character. We're going to hear that name later. But for now, that's what? all I really need to know. Blackbeard we'll is an again? important character in the pirate yeah, go show? Fi- go figure. Yep. There is only one doctor left in town. And this is the mysterious witch of Drum Island, Dr. Kareha who lives on a mountain in, in Drum Castle. Now, Dr. Correa fucking rules. I think she's yeah. my favorite character in this whole show. Dr. Correa uh, she's image 21. on me right now. Yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's image 21. She's like got this like crunchy old lesbian vibe. Um, yeah. She yep. and her whole, like the deal is they, they, the first scene with her, I was like texting again, our friend Tommy, who's seen all this. Um, I literally like in the same thread, I was like, hey, like when does One Piece get better? And he was like, where are you at? I was like, Drum Island. He's like, just wait. And then 10 minutes later, I was like, oh, my God, Dr. Correa is so cool. I love her. I love her. I love her. (laughs) 
So, uh, so the deal with Dr. Correa is she kind of comes down and just torments the villagers, but like also heals them. <laughs> Good. So she'll sure. like, so there's a scene with her, like, uh, curing this child and the mom's like, oh, he's, he's been cursed and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, are you an idiot? <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? She's like, she's not, he's not cursed. He's not eating well, you fucking moron. <laughs> just nice. Like, oh, so she she's like, Dr. comes House. into town and makes. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. She's she's a cooler lesbian Dr. House. Can you um, can you give me your best impression of Dr. Correja's voice? Because in my head, I have what I want it to be, and I want to know how mm. close I am. What is it in your head? Because I can't do the impression. It's I mean, it's generic old lady in an anime. Yeah, but. well, I mean, I don't watch enough anime to really know what that is, to be honest. But in my head, she's got the, like, come over here, give daddy some sugar kind of voice. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Harvey Firestein. A little, a, little a little less Harvey Firestein. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. a, little, a little less smoking in the bingo hall. Because, like, all I can imagine yeah. is, like, you need to take your vitamins at night. You need to take your medicine. No, she's she's not that Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, okay, so we met Dr. Craig. Yeah, Dr. Craig fucking rules. Um, so we, we, we saw that again. That was in a flashback. So Dr. Craig is in Drum Castle. Um, so Luffy and Sanji then make the long journey. Sanji, I've mentioned Sanji's like in love with Nami, right? Like that's his whole character arc is every time Nami says something, Sanji turns, his eyes turn into hearts and he goes, oh, if Nami says it, I'll do it. Like, sure. He's Brock. Nami, yeah, Nami is the, the nurse joy yeah. officer Jenny to Sanji's yep. Brock. Yeah, okay. exactly. Cool. Like Sanji, Sanji's a more horny Brock. Um, so wow. Luffy and Sanji. What a high bar that's, that's... that is to leap over <laughs> saying something. Say the show and tell me, watch the show and tell me that's not right. So the, the two of them take Nami up to the mountain of Drum Castle. Um, along the way, they get attacked by giant snow rabbits because, of course, they do. Um, also, Sanji gets caught in an avalanche and gets knocked out. So Luffy has to carry both an unconscious Sanji and very, very sick, feverish Nami up the entire mountain. And this is actually a really cool Luffy moment. I don't have a picture for it, but it's like basically Luffy is like is like holding one both of them and like climbing the mountain with his teeth and like his like his gritty <laughs> fingernails like Ooh. like it's it's very brutal imagery to watch him like climb with his like fingers up this like massive cliffside uh all the while like he's still in his signature tank top and flip-flops yep. in this snow world yeah it's pretty cool it's a good luffy moment moment does the snow and cold affect his gum gum powers uh they don't actually okay good mm. question though mm. or at least they don't seemingly okay um so uh, they make it up. Luffy barely makes it up to the top. Uh, he passes out from exhaustion, and then he is saved by um, another character who we'll see in just a moment. Uh, meanwhile, back to Wapple. Wapple and his crew return to Drum Island to try and retake the land. Um, so Dalton, the, the aforementioned man who fucks, does not fuck and actually gets defeated Ooh. in trying to stop them. That's rough, Dalton. Um, it's rough. Yeah. Uh, so Wapple and crew are heading toward Drum Castle. We see Nami wake up in bed, uh, being taken care of by a small reindeer boy uh, who walks on two <laughs> legs and wears a little hat. She tries to get his attention, but he runs. He scurries away. Oh, we see. We he's see, adorable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he is adorable, and I yep. I love him. He's our he's our next cutesy character. Yeah, he's he's One Piece's uh, baby Yoda. <laughs> he is exactly one piece's baby yoda he is one piece's mascot and we're gonna get more into him he's a big character so we're gonna get we're gonna cover him just a bit of course um so we see sanji is up and around 
and uh, talking to Sanji and Nami eventually start talking to Dr. Kureha because Dr. Kureha is super cool as long as you like understand what science and medicine are because imagine that, you know? Right, yeah. Right, right. Anyway, she explains what's going on with Reindeer Boy. Uh, so Reindeer Boy is not just a reindeer, obviously. Um, but once he was just an ordinary reindeer living on Drum Island because this is a winter <laughs> town and there are reindeer here, obviously. So this, this, this child, this reindeer child, uh, was a pariah among his kind due to his unique co- nose made of a different color. Oh, wow. <laughs> this uh, time it's shut blue. Shut up. Good. I didn't see it. I did not <laughs> He's see got the a Rudolph blue nose. coming. No, I wouldn't have guessed that one. Um, one day, this reindeer unwittingly ate the human-human fruit. Shut no, up. you shut your mouth. Absolutely not. Who wants to guess what the human human fruit did to this poor reindeer? Does it anthropomorphize him? So he turned into an anthropomorphic he- human deer hybrid person. Um, this reindeer boy gained intelligence, could speak, and could even walk on two legs, as you can see in image 22. That is our reindeer son. Okay, stay with me on this. Questions. So the reindeer <laughs> ate the human human fruit. It made it more human-like. What and I assume that the reindeer the reindeer lost the ability to swim. Pretend. What if you were like, I'm gonna go be a pirate and risk it all, and I'm gonna eat the sketch fruit. I picked a random fruit. I hope I get some sweet ass powers. It better be <laughs> worth me losing my ability to swim, because boy, as a pirate, that's pretty important. What if you ate the human human fruit, and you didn't get any powers? You just lost the ability to dra- or to to swim. I'm certain in. Somewhere in the next 800 episodes, they encounter <laughs> someone like who has eaten a, a human who has eaten the human human fruit. Like, like you meet a bartender who's well, like, maybe, I, maybe all of us have eaten the human human fruit. Maybe that's the difference between life and death. What? What? Anyway, that's one piece. <laughs> <laughs> the the they're gonna like meet a bartender who's like, nah, I stay away from the ocean. They're like, but why? And like, I ate the fruit. Oh, what's your power? <laughs> Not any. I'm a, I'm a better assistant manager for it. <laughs> I'm a more never... I'm a more human human than you are. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, more I human than human was Kyle. Was that an incredibly <laughs> sly Rob Zombie drop right there? Um, I wish I could claim Maybe it was not intentionally. It uh, was not. Oh wow. Oh wow. I almost that just was, ate the cum cum fruit. Sure. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was no. I didn't like it. Oh boy! I approve. No. I approve of that joke. <sighs> um, <laughs> where do we go from here? Um, so we don't. This, I think we're this reindeer boy did not eat the cum cum fruit. Rather, he ate the human human fruit. We didn't need and, to say uh, it again. He already and, said it uh, twice when he said it the first time. So it should go without saying that the that this reindeer was alienated from the rest of the reindeer. And uh, he eventually left. Wasn't allowed to, to play uh, in any of their reindeer games. No yeah, reindeer games. games and he it. left to try and join the humans, thinking, well, now I am a human, I will live amongst the humans. Um, meanwhile, this is all in flashback, by the way, I should, I should clarify. Meanwhile, we see this loony snake oil salesman uh, calling himself Dr. Hiraluk had arrived in Drum Island claiming to be a doctor peddling wondrous cure-alls, you know, as a snake oil salesman does. Yeah. Um, he was chased out of town pretty quickly. Um, the blue-nosed reindeer boy arrived in the human village, expecting to be welcomed with open arms. Instead of 
open arms, he was welcomed with uh, guns, lots of guns, with, with um, bullets and sadness. Yeah, with bullets and sadness, and and abandonment issues, and not having a father figure. Um, all of those things were thrown at him in real time. So obviously, he, they thought he was a monster. People were yelling, "Monster, Sasquatch!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here, Luke, outside of town, happened to encounter the reindeer boy after being shot up to he- to hell, and uh, saw him w- w- what he really was. Um, he took him back to his place to help him heal his wounds and gave him his new name, Tony Tony Chopper. Okay, a couple things. First off, that's weird. Um, <laughs> second, no, I, I I looked at his head and face. I couldn't decide who he was and what he reminded me of. This this man looks like Angelica, uh, Angelica's doll, Cynthia from Rugrats. Yes, that's so true. Definitely. Image 23 is here, Luke. He has the same hairstyle as Cynthia, Angelica's doll in Rugrats. You can count every tooth in his mouth. <laughs> yeah here here luke is a is a really fun character so remember how one piece is all about uh father figures and in, in parental issues yeah. so here luke said say with me becomes a father figure to chopper yeah right um they yeah. develop a strong bond uh chopper decided that he wanted to become a great doctor just like here luke um now at, there is at one point after chopper was healed like chopper was pretty fucked up like he was all bandaged up for a while so they they spent a lot of time together once he had healed, uh, here Luke tried to Harry and the Hendersons chopper away. The big, literally, like when I was watching this, I was like, "He's just fucking John Lithgow, Harry and the Hendersons." <laughs> Go again. on. He's like, "Nobody yeah, wants get you. out of here. Get on. Nobody <laughs> wants you." Yeah, like he sh- he literally he fires at him. Like it's literally it's almost that scene verbatim. So we also find out that here Luke is friends with Kareha as like the last kind of the last med- uh, physicians in town, or at least like the last physicians off the grid. She's like kind of telling him like why the, the hell did you do that? He's like, "Well, I couldn't I couldn't bear him to understand." Basically, like we found out here Luke is dying and didn't want Chopper to like have to deal with him dying. So he just figured like clean break, Irish goodbye, whatever. Yeah. This adorable reindeer boy has had too much trauma in his life already. Piling yeah. on my death is is a bridge too yeah, far. Yeah. That that was kind of the deal. Um while all this is going on, remember this is a flashback. Wapple is still in charge of Drum Island at this point. He has set his set in motion his plans for monopolizing medical care. Um, so, because here Luke and Kareha are kind of off the grid, they were able to avoid the Doctor Purge. Um, but there was this kind of rumor in town that the twenty remaining doctors that Wapple had pulled together were had been rounded up and were being kept as prisoners. Oh. Anyway, so we find out about here Luke's disease. Yada, yada, yada. He chased Chopper away. Trauma, trauma, trauma. Um, Correa convinces him to be honest with Chopper, and uh, they reconcile. The two of them, uh, Hero Luke and Chopper, reconcile, and Chopper says, I'm going to look for a cure to save you. And Chopper does a montage's amount of time looking for a cure, eventually finding this like super rare mushroom that he thinks can cure, cure Hero Luke. Hero Luke takes the mushroom in form of soup form, in soup form, and goes off to Drum Castle to try to rescue the imprisoned doctors, those 20 remaining doctors that are left. So we see in Hero Luke's place, Hero Luke's gone. Correa comes in, and Chopper's like, or she's like, where'd he go? Chopper says he's gone to get the doctors, and she's like, what the fuck did you do? Why did he eat this mushroom? He's going to die. Chopper's <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I fixed him. I solved him. I, I cured his disease. She's like, no, you idiot. That is a lethal mushroom. He will die. Whoops. Like you poisoned him. Oh, what a bummer. Yeah. Um, 
so here Luke gets to Drum Isle, Drum Castle, excuse me, and finds out the truth. Those 20 doctors were in fact not in trouble and are actually on the payroll. Mm. The whole thing was just a ruse to lure out any other docs flying under the radar, i.e. here Luke. Got it. So here Luke's now caught in a trap. Um, we see Dalton here again, Dalton being Wapple's head of guard. Um, at this time, he is obviously like he is he is not al- aligned with Wapple. He's just, you know, following orders, doing doing his duty or whatever. Um, anyway, Chopper and Kareha make it uh, kind of falling behind, make it to Drum Castle. They see here Luke facing off against Wapple's cronies. Here Luke drinks this potion that makes him explode. <laughs> Was it also full of boogers? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not full of exploding boogers, although that would be pretty rad. Um, so he, the idea here is here Luke drinks this potion so that he will explode, and that will be the reason that he dies and not Chopper's mushroom soup. Here Luke obviously took the mushroom soup knowing full well that, you know, mm. but he wanted Chopper to think that he cured him. It, there's an image, image 24 is actually a really cool scene. It's here Luke's exclaiming, I've had a good life, and he's kind of like having this really like, this really interesting self-actualization moment. And uh, it's really, it's a, this is probably one of my favorite back. This is a really good backstory. Like this is up there with like Sanji's backstory. Um, probably one of the best episodes that I saw. I was just like learning the history of Chopper and Hero Luke. This is another like really popular. Chopper's a very popular character. This is another mm-hmm. really popular episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend this one. Uh, so this is, this is really cool. The aftermath of all this, obviously Hero Luke fucking explodes and like, Actually, like, does some damage, like, takes out a bunch of goons. It's kind of like a suicide bomber almost. Chopper and Kareha escape. Um, Chopper then begs Kareha to teach him even more about medicine so he can be as good as she and Hiraluk. Um, She doesn't at first, but begrudgingly also eventually takes him in as her student. She is a hard ass with a heart of gold. Um, Fantastic. I love yep. that. Mm-hmm. So that's why Chopper is with Kareha. Gotcha. We've, we're all caught up there. All right, back to the present. Um, Wapple and crew arrive at Drum Castle, ready to take back their throne. Now we understand we learned why Wapple has a steel jaw, uh, because pa- Wapple has the power of the munch munch fruit. Good. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> which from, uh, <laughs> I realize we're saying this like when we're not starting this from the beginning. You should tell us the power, and then we should have to guess what the fruit's name is. Yeah, sure, I can do that. We've got a couple <laughs> left, so I'll do that. Um, he can eat anything and take on its properties. He is Kirby. Waffle is Kirby. Cool. All right. Got yeah. it. Um, this, this battle is really fun. It's just this silly series of, of scenarios where Waffle like will eat cannons and start firing those cannons on the group with his belly. And they'll like, or he'll like open his mouth and a cannon will come out and be like, <laughs> um, at one point, sure. Waffle just eats himself <laughs> to the point where he's just a bouncing steel jaw. <laughs> Oh, my oh. God. And then, okay. and then right. he emerges from said jaw, a much more slender man. Um, he also eats his two lieutenants and basically creates a Dragon Ball Z-like fusion between them, which is really fun. Also, Chopper shows off his abil- ability, which is to enter jacked mode, yeah. if you see in image 25. So Chopper yeah. can, get all, can get all hulked up. And he's actually got three forms. So Chopper has reindeer form, he's got little boy form, and he's got meat monster form. (laughs) (laughs) And and image 25 is that of meat monster form. Uh, Luffy beats up Wapple and sends him blasting off again with one of his signature gum gum bazookas. And then uh, after the fight, Luffy attempts to recruit Chopper to join the crew as their doctor. Remember, they came here looking for a doctor. 
Um, now, Chopper initially refuses due to his, say it with me, crippling abandonment issues. Yep. Uh, but then Luffy invokes the power of friendship, <laughs> which no one can deny. Chopper asks Kreia if he can leave, and she says no. And then she starts chasing him around the, the castle with an axe, <laughs> which is fun. Um, this was a super cool and super fucked up way of chasing him out because she also didn't want to say goodbye to her sweet, sweet dear son. Because everyone is damaged and, D- and can't. D-E-E-R. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of Irish, because there's so many Irish goodbyes mm-hmm. here. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So drum, that's Drum Island. The arc ends with some important foreshadowing. First off, Kareha, for the first time, finds Luffy's wanted poster and actually learns a little bit more about them, the Straw Hats. And she actually remarks there's a connection between monkey the d in monkey d luffy and until this point we thought it was gold roger it's actually gold d roger which is an important Uh, distinction uh, all right yep gold d roger of course was the one who owned the one piece and and all that so something to keep in mind i do not know how that is relevant yet (laughs) neither will you by the end of this episode but know that there is some tie to be made get at us let's Listeners, let us know. I mean, mm-hmm. there's like a 100% chance he's a descendant, right? Like, that's... I'm pretty sure here. that's the case, yeah. yeah. I think that's what yeah. that's saying, yeah. Also, uh, two villagers, like, remember that they were supposed to deliver a message to the Straw Hats. The message was from a man named Ace, who had who the message was basically saying, meet me in Alabasta. So a man main, named Ace wants to meet them in Alabasta. They're heading that way anyway. It's fine. Why not? It sounds like a that's when you song. When you pick up... Yep. Mm-hmm. You pick up the side quest knowing you're already heading there. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, that takes us to the prime Alabasta arc of Alabasta saga. Um, before we get to Alabasta, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and we'll find, we'll get the thrilling conclusion of bringing Vivi back to her homeland. Oh, also Vivi is there. It's fine. <laughs> Hi, I'm Eric. I'm Amanda. And we are House Breakfast, your new favorite Twitch stream that you should definitely be following. Here's the thing. Uh, you can eat breakfast anytime, and we want everybody to know that. And you can also play video games in a low-stakes, fun way with a really wholesome chat every Tuesday and Saturday. We're partners in Life, Love, and Podcasting, and that now includes streaming because everyone needs to learn how to stream in 2021. But playing games that we played on our N64 and PlayStation 2 and GameCube is soothing and, I think, the one thing that might make all of this just kind of slightly better. We really like Pokemon and Mario. You're just going to have to deal with that. So find us at twitch.tv slash housebreakfast. And follow us on Twitter at housebreakfast underscore. House breakfast, because you can eat breakfast anytime. <laughs> that was pretty, I like that. Was I like good. that too. Good that job. Good. good job. All right, we're back. Uh, so we just left Drum Island. The Straw Hats are on their way to Alabasta to take Vivi, to bring Vivi home, to help stop, or hope in hopes of stopping the civil war that is breaking out. Um, so we begin what I'm calling the Alabasta Prime arc, which is Ala or just Alabasta. What we begin card with a chance does encounter. Alabasta Prime turn into? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a pirate ship, Matt. If I had to guess, we begin as we always do on on seas uh, with a chance encounter. A very effeminate dancing man appears and is brought aboard the Gord- the Going Mary. Um, he makes fast friends with most of the Straw Hats. His whole thing is that he, he shows them he can change his face to copy other people that he sees. Um, not unlike Kirby. Uh, you'll see this man in image 26. Oh, this man is a lot. Oh, that in the live action version of One Piece, this man is played by Jim Carrey. 
<laughs> uh, this is this is Bon Clay. He's a he's a fun guy. Or Adam Sandler. Oh yeah. Or Gary Busey. <laughs> he does this thing where he um he meets all of them and then he cycles through their faces. So he like he does like a John Cena hand wave in front of his face, mm-hmm. and then he like can change his face to uh to take on any anyone's appearance. He can also take on their voice too. So he's a shapeshifter. Um, did he? Okay, he ate the because he has he has powers, right? These are powers from eating a fruit. Actually, you know what? I don't know if we get if we have a double fruit fruit. Because I would have guessed face face fruit, but you said can also turn into their bodies. Change change fruit is my guess. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. I I was gonna go for face face fruit as well. Yeah. Um. Hold on. I don't think I had this. Fruit. Oh, you're. You guys are all wrong. It's clone clone fruit. Ah, uh, that's a good next, one. Uh, my next guess was gonna be copy copy fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he does this thing on the ship where he cycles through everyone's face and uh, he's like kind of going through all the all the crews and he's going through a couple cycling through a couple other faces that we haven't seen yet. And we cut to Vivi and she gets this like she loses like all the color in her face and she looks like ghastly white. And anyway, so this so Bon Clay like just kind of dips out like some other ship comes to rescue him. He's like, oh, bye bye. And he just kind of dips out. He talks like that. He talks like. Hello, everybody. Oh, as yeah, you would right. imagine, somebody mm-hmm. that looks like that talks in an anime. Um, <laughs> Vivi's like, it's you got guys, tingle en- energy. Yes. yes, that's a good <laughs> comparison. Yep. Um, Vivi's like, yo, you guys, like, I think he's Brokeworks, and everyone's like, the fuck? Wait, one wait, of the can faces. Can I make the call? One of the faces was Crocodile. One of the faces was Mister Zero. No, actually, ah. one of the faces was her dad, King Cobra. Oh. oh. Yeah, so that's so she's like, fuck, like these guys, like I know exactly he is going to try to to be like to try to pass off as my father. Like we have to go chase it. We have to go get these guys. So they're like, cool. Well, now we know that we have a shapeshifter. Let's. So they all do this thing where they tie like white armbands around their like uh, shoulders or whatever. Yeah, their upper arms. Yeah, and uh, they're basically they say like, okay. In case this guy comes back and tries to masquerade as one of us, like check the arms, like you'll know that you know he can't. He doesn't know that we have armbands or whatever. Fail proof. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> oh. It's a, it's a fail proof plan. Exactly. Um, okay, so the straw hats reach uh, reach the like farthest away port town on the edge of the kingdom. Waiting for them is this cool as fuck dude named Ace, who we learn is actually Luffy's brother in Image Twenty Seven. Ace. Oh. Ace, Ace is, is rad. Ace, yep. Ace, Ace is, is super rad. The yeah. physical opposite of Luffy. Yes. Yes. He looks like he's spent te- like 10 years in the Australian outback. Like, right. You know in, in 21 Jump Street how they have like Jonah Hill and uh, freaking uh, Channing, Tatum. Channing, Tatum. Channing, Channing Tatum like side yeah. by side is the joke. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah, is, this exactly. Is that joke. I, my, my comparison, you, two of you won't get this, but when you play a Fire Emblem game, when you get your initial units and one of them is like the super overpowered like knight unit, mm-hmm. that's Ace. Yeah. And so you've been you've been traveling with like level one Luffy and then all of a sudden you get super overpowered Ace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ace is super fucking cool. He's got the okay, so he's he's a firebender. Um what do you oh, think his sick. fruit? What do you think his devil fruit is? The fire flame, flame, flame fruit. fruit. I was gonna flame, guess flame, fruit. Yeah, flame flame. Yep, flame flame fruit. So Ace is looking for Blackbeard. We talked about Blackbeard, remember him? Yep. Blackbeard killed Ace's former pirate captain. Oh. So Ace has basically like dropped his entire life and he's like going on a manhunt to find fucking Blackbeard. He's going to kill him for uh, for revenge. 
Ace is chasing a lead in Alabasta that this might ma- this man might be in a town closer to the kingdom. So, or to the to the capital. So, he's like, "Hey, mind if I hang out hang out with you guys?" And Ace is totally rad. Like all everyone loves him. Luffy, he loves Luffy. Like he's like they're they're fast. They're really tight. Um, Luffy's like, "Isn't my brother cool?" And everyone's like, "He's way better than you. You suck." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we have to know about Alabasta. Alabasta is this huge desert kingdom. So we've been to Snow Island. Now we're on Desert Island. So basically, we're just Mario World hopping. When do we get basically the When do we get to Lava Island and Jungle Island? <laughs> probably, I probably guess we did the Jungle next Jungle Island already. But yeah, exactly. So we're just we're just we're in World Five in a Mario game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a this huge desert kingdom. Um, now the whole. There's a lot of episodes. There's a lot of episodes in Alabasta, and there's a lot of exposition to tell you that it hasn't rained in Alabasta in three years. This is the inciting incident. So they are on a mass in the middle of a massive drought. Now there is a scene early on in one of these episodes where we see uh, this this material called a uh, what is it called a dance powder. Oh. This dance powder is it's like this green substance that basically artificially makes rain. Oh, okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we don't we don't know much about it originally. Luffy Luffy stumbles across it and just eats it because of course he does. Yeah, right. Um, but we learn that it. He's like, this isn't food. This tastes terrible because it's not food. You fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> so it it makes rain, and but we don't really know the implications to that yet. But just know, Alabasta, big desert kingdom, hasn't rained. Something something chemtrails. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Smoker appears. Remember Captain Smoker, the guy that has two cigars in his mouth yeah, and has yes. smoke powers. I do remember. Him. And yep. uh, mm-hmm. so he's been chasing. Of course, he's he and his assistant Tashigi have been chasing the Straw Hats, and they they follow them over Reverse Mountain, and they're following them in the Grand Line. Ace fights Smoker off, and what happens so often is the Straw Hats are being chased by somebody. Somebody else not affiliated with them says. Hey, mm-hmm. I'll fight them off. You go. Right. So in another yeah. one of these situations, Ace fights off Smoker, and there's this really cool battle. It's like this Full Metal Alchemist ass battle of like the Firebender versus the Smokebender. Oh, nice! Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's super oh. rad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I should note also, we don't know this yet, but those two are the Logia Devil Fruits, like the Benders uh, are Logia. Yeah. Those are oh, Logia okay. rare. Yeah. Okay. Those are, um, those are gold when they come out of the loot box. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, purple. But yeah, I thought um, purple was. Oh wait, the, purple the, is. The I'm thinking of ones. I'm thinking of World of Warcraft. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Where purple is better than gold. Anyway, doesn't matter. We're not talking about that. So the the gang pieces. Um, Ace defends the group or fights off Smoker, and the rest of the gang uh, attempts to go north into Alabasta, like the main part of Alabasta. They have to cross a vast desert. Now again, there are a lot of episodes in Alabasta, so. This is where we get a bunch of fun side quests. I'm just going to run them off in a big list. So the next four images are representative <laughs> of this like kind of series of episodes of them crossing the desert. They're all really good. They're just not very not very important. They don't they don't um, build to the plot. They just yeah. Are so fun. the yeah exactly. So the relevant points are Luffy befriends a group of kung fu sea turtles. Uh, that's image 28. Great. Um, I, Chopper acts. I, I, <laughs> I want to yep. go there. <laughs> They're yeah, they're uh, kung fu uh, kung fu dugongs is their name. Oh, nice! Great. Uh, Chopper accidentally gets kidnapped by bandits and escapes with a misogynist camel named Eyelash. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. A bunch of birds project a mirage to steal their cargo. Um, they all hang out with a chill group of sand pirates. That's image twenty nine. 
Ace tames Ace. Uh, Ace also shows up. He's kind of following, tagging along behind them. And Ace tames a gigantic lizard, and I wanted to put an image of that lizard because it's super weird looking. <laughs> that lizard's and super derpy. 30. Yeah, image thirty. And uh, and then finally, this kind of culminates in in Ace's arc. Uh, they meet up with this bounty hunter who Ace originally believes to be Blackbeard, but it's not. It's just some middle aged farmer who left his two boys home to starve in order to pursue his dream of being a famous bounty hunter. And his name is Scorpion, and he's image thirty one. Oh, good. And. There's a whole. I'm not gonna get too much into Scorpion, but there's this like kind of weird backstory where like he's just like a like a peasant villager, and he's like, I'm gonna prove to you kids that you can do whatever if you follow your dreams. But like, they're like, yeah, you're our hero, dad. But he also abandons them to go like fight yeah. things with rocket launchers. So he's not like a pinnacle of a dad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, from what I've learned from One Piece, him abandoning those two kids will make those two kids better and more famous in the mm, world. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the way it works. Mm -hmm. So he's also wearing jeans under his cutoff jeans, and yeah. I have a big problem with that. <laughs> well, if you look, the jeans under the cutoff jeans are nicer jeans. So he's yeah. just trying to protect his jeans with less good jeans. Um, my take was gonna be Scorpion with a flamethrower reminds me a lot of of Hank Scorpio from Simpsons, <laughs> yes, I who the also thing. had a flamethrower and stood in that same exact pose and had a red yep. beard. Yep, I thought that same thing when I pulled that image. Um, anyway, so so Ace pieces out. So he realizes that this is not Blackbeard. The, the trail is dead. Ace is like, okay, I'm out. But he gives Luffy this piece of paper. Now, we're not going to find out what this piece of paper is. It's a thread for another arc. But it is basically just like there's nothing written on it. So Luffy's just like, oh, whatever, and just puts it in his... He, and then uh, Nami like sews it into the underside of his hat. That's that's the most important point that happened. Great. Okay. Um, Before exactly. we move on from this arc of episodes, is eyelash a re a reoccurring character yeah. now? Okay. That's all. Just I in this, like, in just in this alabasta bit, eyelash is is a, a means of transportation on how they get through the desert. Gotcha. Um, there's also one point. There's a couple ways. Like they they also like it should be noted they hit a couple different towns. They get they hitch a ride for the sand pirates. They at one point they ride a gigantic sea crab. At one point, they're riding a few of them, like the girls are riding on eyelash because eyelash only lets women ride on him because he's a misogynist camel. Um, what a, of course, like a bunch of different, of course, like a weird take for them to throw in. I don't know, man. It's 2002. It's a different time. The most important bit here. So we've kind of they've they've made it through the desert and they've gotten closer into like the main section of Alabasta. So where they're headed to is this town called Yuba. Um, that is uh, said to be the home of the resistance. So again, Vivi wants to convince the resistance, the leader of the resistance, to call up arms and and change, fight against Crocodile. However, and so we get in a flashback her history with the resistance. Vivi, as a child, <clears throat> met and made friends with this boy named Koza, who was just like a common boy, um, and she was like never the princess type, like your stereotypical JRPG princess, where she hung out and just pretended to be another one of the boys. Mm -hmm. Real Jasmine energy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, she joined their group, so she was just hanging out with the, the local village kids, and, and King Cobra was like totally fine with that. Like he would, you know, like she, he would send a bodyguard to like watch from a distance, but like they got in scrapes and it, was, it wasn't a big deal, whatever. King Cobra, like a very beloved monarch, you know, again, a, a good ass good king. Anyway, there was this, this particular situation when a bunch of bandits came and tried to kidnap Vivi, and Koza and the rest of the boys like protected her. It was like really sweet, cute scene. Uh, there's image image thirty three is a shot of Koza kind of like standing up and protect trying to protect Vivi. Um, obviously, like Cobra had bodyguards and people like watching her, so it wasn't they weren't in a lot of danger, but they were in perceived danger. 
But because of all this, like Koza kind of like Koza and his friends at least like wasted enough time to let people catch up, like Cobra's guys to catch up and save Vivi. So because of that, Cobra's like, you saved my daughter. Thank you so much. Like you and your family will never like will never go wanting, basically. So Cobra gifted his family a town. Okay. Um, wow. Sure. I guess you can like, do that when you're a king. Yeah. yeah. You can do that mm-hmm. when you're a king. And you, there's a lot of like unclaimed space in the desert, I guess. So he, he just gave Koza and his father the town of Yuba and was like, basically like, here's this town. This is all yours. Like, we're counting on you. Make this a thing. And they're like, we promise we're going to make this great, whatever. And that was the last Vivi had ever seen of Koza. So we then learned that Koza, of course, is the leader of the resistance. So yeah, that, that uh, makes plenty of sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. something happened. We don't know yet, but something happened to obviously to, to turn to flip him. So, but Viva, Vivi thinks because of their relationships that she can change his mind. So the team gets to Yuba and they see this old man who's like, basically this, this town is completely like a ghost town. It's completely abandoned, except for this old man shoveling this giant pit in the center of a bunch of, like surrounded by a bunch of broken ass buildings. The old man uh, gives the group shelter and they're, they're talking or whatever. And he's like, Vivi, don't you recognize me? And it was like Koza's dad, nice. but he's like all gaunt and like looks terrible, and he's like yeah. all beat up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he explains what's been happening, and obviously, like the drought just went. Now we've already seen this in some of the other preceding episodes, but like the drought has just gone through and obliterated everything. Yeah. Um, you know, like the resistance has has fought in some of these towns and like kind of taken over some. So for a while, like the resistance was in Yuba, but the resistance actually since gone, and basically like whatever supplies they had, the resistance took with them. So, like, literally the only person in this town is this, like, gaunt old man who's just digging for a water. Like, it's really fucking sad. Yeah. So, so here comes Luffy. He's like, whatever, old man, I'm going to help you dig. And, like, Luffy just starts digging with his stupid hands. But, like, he does that <laughs> thing that in every cartoon. And he's, like, making the mound on top of what the old man was digging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Um, so Luffy, like, for whatever reason, just spends all night digging and finally finds water. Because, of course, he does. And the old man's like, oh, you found water. Great. Here's all the water. Take it with you. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so they take the water with them. But it's, you know, whatever. It's, it's, a, it's a sweet moment. But also it's like kind of sad to see the old man, you know, who's like, looks like he looks like a fucking ghost. There's also this moment between Luffy and Vivi where Vivi's like, okay, well, we need to go to Alabarna, which is the capital of Alabasta to stop the resistance and luffy's like Wait, no what is the capital of alabasta Alu- alubarna yeah it's not great <laughs> Localiz- localization motherfuckers we yeah, ran out of great. letters yeah yeah um also um alabasta might be a a weird uh i've seen it written as arabasta but like r's and l's in japanese are hard yeah. so oh yeah. mm. interesting yeah. so there's a lot of different translations to these names to be fair anyway um, so there's a, there's a bit where Luffy is con- trying to convince Vivi, like, no, you, we need to go find Crocodile because like, you're not going to convince anyone of anything. <laughs> it's like kind of like a really heavy moment for Luffy, but she, she's like, he's like, people are going to die and you need to accept that. We need to stop this at the source. And it's like, you don't have, like, you don't have a leg to stand on right now. And she's like, yeah, you're right. That's fine. So they all resolve to go find Crocodile instead. Crocodile is in another town called Rainbase, which is just like a weird, cool casino town. There's no reason for it. It just is. Yeah, sure. Oh, uh, you got a desert. You're not far from a casino town, probably. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so we cut to the 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 uh the the axis of evil, or if you want to call it, um, 
we've got we've got Mr. Zero, aka Crocodile. We see him for the first time calling in all of the all of the goons, calling in all of the Baroque Works agents. So image 34 is our boy Crocodile. All right. He's our big bad. He looks like I need a big to bad. Know, I need to know more about him. Um, we don't know much about him yet. We'll learn a little more about him when the team encounters him. But oh, now, I saw the next photo. <laughs> for now, yeah, uh, it's hard to hide. It's hard to go one by one. Yeah, right. It is. Um, yeah. So Mr. Mr. Zero is explaining the plan. Everyone is learning that he's Crocodile. It should also be noted that at one point we learned that Crocodile is actually like a, a famous figure in Alabasta. He kind of like goes around and sets up these like fake uh, like missions or whatever. And he's thought to be like a local hero. So he'll like set up like fake battles and, and save people. But like it's all made up. So people are like the hero crocodile. When I was growing up, there was a kid in my high school who got like locally famous in the paper because he jumped into his neighbor's garage and put out a fire that had started in their garage with a garden hose. Did he start it? And we were all super convinced that he started that fire. <laughs> um, nice. It's kind of so like I, that. I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that. I, I understand. So there's a little note here. Remember all the way back in Little Garden when Sanji was, Sanji was in that tea house or that wax house drinking tea and told the snail phone that they took care of the straw hats? Well, yes. uh, Mr. Three... <laughs> right? Actually, yeah. Three hours ago. Uh, Mr. Three shows up and the real Mr. Three, and uh, they're talking about, like, oh, yeah, the Straw Hats got away, and Crocodile's like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, and he's like, wait, the Straw Hats got away? I I mean, I'm sorry, but... So it was, like, a very, like, Darth Vader, like, grabbing the the guy on the bridge, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so Crocodile throws Mr. Three into a a pit of banana wannies, (laughs) which are just, like, gigantic (laughs) crocodiles. The Sarlacc pit? Yeah, the Sarlacc pit. Crocodiles, according to... Is what I have in my notes. To your notes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right, so the, the Straw Hats arrive in Rain Base, and they're met by, of course, Smoker and Tashigi again. Um, so they start fighting. This draws the attention of the Baroque Works agents, because all of this is like Baroque Works Christmas. Like, all Baroque Works is now in Rain Base. Um, so this calls their attention. And then everybody but Sanji and Chopper are captured and sent to Crocodile's Lair. Um, important thing to note, there were only certain Straw Hats that were on their radar. Sanji was never on the, the Baroque Works radar because he wasn't involved in Little Garden. Oh, yeah, because he was just, mm, like, so absent. He was just day. hanging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And then, yep, and then Chopper hadn't joined yet, so they don't know who Chopper is. So that's important to note. So Sanji and Chopper basically avoided all of this, but the rest of them were taken to Crocodile's Lair. So there's a very much, like, a nefarious, like, ha, 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 my evil plan has been foreseen. And uh, they get thrown into that same pit of banana crocodiles as Mr. Three. Luffy and uh, Luffy and Smoker come to this like reckoning, I guess, and realize that like okay, Crocodile's the common enemy. Like I, for a while, Chris Smoker thought because Luffy knew of Crocodile that he was an associate, but mm-hmm. was like, oh no, you were after the same thing. Okay, oh, fine. Yeah. So it's like my the enemy of my enemy, enemy is my friend. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Did we cover it? Did I miss it? Why is Smoker an enemy of Crocodile? Smoker Smoker's not a bad guy. He's uh he's a marine. He's trying to capture criminals or whatever. Smoker happens to be on the moral side of the marines. He's not a bad dude. Okay. But um Smoker was there chasing the straw hats, but learned of all the crocodile shit kind of in the back because the the marines think that crocodile as a warlord is aligned with them. But Luffy was like, no, Crocodile's done all this shit. And he's like, well, he did throw me in this crocodile pit, so he's probably not a great dude. Got it. Um, so, yeah. So, like, Fair. he's like, okay, got it. We're on the same side, whatever. 
Um, now, it's to note, Tashigi was not there, so Tashigi still thinks that the Straw Hats are the main enemy. Um, that comes into play in a bit. So Sanji and Chopper are able to break out. Uh, they do a cool, like, casino heist, <laughs> nice, and Sanji nice. infiltrates the casino, and he does this really cool, like, he just kind of shows up, and he's, like, standing behind Vivi, is like, you ready to get out of here, beautiful? <laughs> She's like, the fuck? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Because what's so a they, show without a heist episode? Yeah, Exactly. Yes. So they break into the casino. They, they free their, fan, their friends. Um, there's a point where Sanji kicks a giant, uh, one of the crocodiles, and the crocodile spits out a big ball of wax, which was Mr. Three hiding inside because he got swallowed and turned into a big ball of wax. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> I was going to ask why, but there, mm-hmm. that's why. Here yeah. we are. Um, okay, so they escape. Um, we see during all of this crocodile's big plan come to fruition. So... Cut to Alabarna, again, the capital of Alabasta. Remember Bon Clay? Well, that's Mr. Two. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, so he, he, was, he was one of the Baroque Works guys. So he was, remember how he like, had the face of King Cobra? He did the John Cena thing? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So he's masquerading as King Cobra, saying some pretty heinous shit. Um, we learn at one point the dance powder. The way that dance powder works is that it creates rain but it actually takes from other sources. Mm. So it doesn't just create rain, it pulls in rain. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Two, AK, or is, is, is posing as King Cobra, telling the townspeople, I have all of the dance powder. And he like brings out a bunch of dance powder. And he's like, I have been making it, making it rain in Alabarna so that it doesn't rain anywhere else. And the resistance is there. And it was like, fuck you. And then Koza's like, I can't believe you would do this, King Cobra. And then Mr. Two as King Cobra shoots koza oh damn yeah and that and that just yep. like a like a like a match like a powder off. keg the shot heard yep. around the world yeah exactly and it's there's it's this really like the the frames go really slowly and koza is like <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, but of course we know that this is mr two this isn't this isn't cobra the real cobra is actually being held in the palace by Two other two new Baroque Works agents, Mister Four and Miss Merry Christmas, um, who we're not gonna. <laughs> we'll see in a bit. So okay, so the the crew back in Rain Base, they're freed. They're they're like, okay, well we we have to go chase Crocodile. Crocodile has since escaped. He's going to Alabarna. So eh, it looks like they were they should have gone to Alabarna in the first place. But like, eh, whatever. They didn't know that. Um. So the rest of the crew heads for Alabarna, but Luffy actually splits off and instead pursues Crocodile. And Luffy is now like a one-track mind. Like, all he wants to do is fight Crocodile. Like, every time Crocodile's name comes up, he's like, oh, that bastard, I'll kill him. Like, he's just got, he does not care about anything except for food and Crocodile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So this begins the the massive struggle between Crocodile v. Luffy. So let's talk a little bit about Crocodile's power. Crocodile, of course, has a devil fruit. Now, his power, I'll say his power... He is, um, t- I think Todd knows this ref. Remember Garu uh, from yeah. Uh, Naruto? Yeah. So he's Rad, basically. Red Sand Monster Man. Sand, sand Monster Man. Yeah. Gara, excuse me. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Gara from, from Naruto. So uh, Crocodile's power is he has the power of sand. He can sh- kind of sh- basically turn all of his body into sand. Um, so he's now, Sandman. Yeah. He's Sandman, essentially. So you can't pound. Yeah. yeah, he's he's from the Spider-Man. The Spider-Man. Um, I was going to say franchise, but that wasn't the word I wanted to use. But You can't punch the Sandman, so every time <laughs> Luffy tries to throw a punch, he just kind of morphs his sand and, and just hits air, right? So 
Crocodile is effectively invincible. And uh, also, and Luffy gets his shit wrecked in image 36. He fucking yeah. stabs Luffy because Crocodile also has this, this uh, huge golden hook for it on his left arm. Sure. Why not? And just like straight up stabs Luffy. It looks like the Sephiroth release trailer for Smash Bros. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, every time you, I think every time, but I'll say at least most of the times, when you introduce someone with a new power, I'm like, man, Luffy, you got the short end of the stick, my dude. Like, yeah. you can, you got real gummy appendages, but you're not an invincible sand monster with a golden hook. Yeah, Luffy's doing the best with what he has. Um, <laughs> did, we, did we already say what the fruit that uh crocodile eat no but it's the it's the sand sand fruit right it's the sand it's the sand, yeah, sand, sand fruit. right yeah. yeah yeah um we also learn an interesting point crocodile doesn't just have sand he's not just the sandman he can also create sandstorms oh and he's actually been doing this to force the drought on the entire oh. alabasta kingdom oh mm-hmm. well, that's fun. so every town that they've gone through just by by sheer coincidence says like yeah, we recently had a sandstorm that came through and wrecked our shit. Mm. Well, that wasn't coincidence. That was fucking Crocodile annihilating every town wow. in Alabasta. Dang. Yeah. So he has been manufacturing the drought. Luffy is saved at the last second. So Crocodile does this thing where he's like, I'll give you three minutes to fight me. Bah, ha, ha. And then stabs Luffy and then, and then jets. Um, Miss All Sunday shows up. She was kind of in the background. Remember her? The cowboy. Yes. Cowboy. Mm-hmm. The cowgirl. Yeah, got it. Um, she actually saves him. And uh, we don't really see anything. So she kind of just takes Luffy with him. Um, she gives him some like something to eat. And she's like, come with me. Her intentions are still unknown. Her intentions unknown. So, okay. So the rest of the group, remember I said, they're heading to Alabarna. They're riding a giant crab because of course they are. Sure. Um, their path gets blocked by a large river. But just in time, they are rescued by the Kung Fu seal turtles from before. Uh, the dugongs. Um, the dugongs. Yes. Yep. Uh, so we've got Vivi, Karu, Sanji, Chopper, Usopp, Nami, and Zoro all make it to Alabarna. And this is the thrilling conclusion of Alabasta in a very f- Namek Frieza saga ending. <laughs> Every character has their own two episode battle. Yeah. Uh-huh. So while this is 10 episodes, this takes a lot of time. And frankly, a little, it's a little too much. I'm going to go through the highlights because not a lot happens here, to be honest. So we'll start with Vivi. Uh, Vivi gets stopped by Mr. Two trying to trick her. This is where the white armband thing comes back. Um, Mr. Two is trying to trick her as being Usopp, but he's like really aggressive and not Usopp at all. So she like doesn't for a second think this is Usopp. Also, like Usopp's like behind her. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So she's just like, get out, of, get, out, get out of the way, weirdo. And then she just kind of like, you know, ducks him. And, and she, so she's heading for the palace. She's going straight to the palace to confront, to try to save her dad. Um, We've got Usopp and Chopper are facing off against Mr. Four and Miss Merry Christmas. Uh, So that's images 37 and 38. This is a real Chunkster Express here. Good. Um, The the funny thing with these characters is Mr. Four, Mr. Four is incredibly slow witted. So like he talks like this and then Miss Merry Christmas (laughs) talks really fast and she's like, no, 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 no. Come on, come on, come on. It's like they're kind of a funny match. Um, A good odd couple pairing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mr. Four doesn't have a devil fruit power. He's just super stupid strong and can wield wields this massive four ton baseball bat. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to ask what that is. And that makes sense. He also has a dog who did even eat a devil fruit and the dog can turn into a gun. Is, <laughs> is it the gun gun fruit? Is it the gun gun fruit? 
It's the gun gun fruit. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I would like to Google search uh, One Piece dog gun. Yeah, why isn't there a picture of the gun dog in here? This is, I mentioned the, the baseball baseball hitter earlier. This is uh, Lasso. Moltown Mul- cleanup hitter. Um, oh, okay. This is, oh, this is okay. that one. Okay. It's not from a, it's not from a, a weird baseball um, no. stalling arc, like filler no, arc. No, not a, not a baseball filler. Um, so what happens is the dog gun shoots a baseball that's also explosive, and Mr. Four hits it with his baseball bat and redirects it. That's their, that's their super attack. Sure. Um, oh, it's not just a gun. <laughs> it's like a blunderbuss. A cannon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I didn't expect um, it to be cat dog style. Like, I didn't expect the, uh-huh. <laughs> the butt end to be the shotgun. <laughs> Um, Miss Merry Christmas does have a double fruit. Um, she has one of those zone fruits, so she can turn into a mole. Three guesses on what her double fruit is. It's, it's the mole, it's mole, the mole, fruit. mole fruit. Yep. So she does what the, Yoshi does the in Yoshi's mole Island. Fruit, as they call it in Mexico. <laughs> the mole, mole. She, t- she turns into a chocolate-based red sauce. Uh, <laughs> um, she, so she turns into a mole, and she's got big, scary mole claws, and that's uh, you can see her, I think... Did I give you an image 36 of that or 38? Yeah. 38, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so Usopp and Chopper fight off, face off against those two. Um, Zoro, meanwhile, faces off against Mr. One, who is also his name is Das Bones. <laughs> Wait, yes. is it Das Bones or Dem Bones? Because you have Dem oh, Bones. Oh, Dem Bones. Yeah. Sorry, Dem Bones. I mean, yeah. da- Das Bones and Dem Bones is effectively Wait. the same thing, but. Yeah. Actually, hold on, let me look it up. Dos bones, yeah. Dos bones. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I'll fix that in the in the image thing. Yeah, Dos bones. Uh, he's got uh, his power. Well, you can see. Actually, look at the picture, image thirty nine, and then tell me what his power is and what his double fruit is. Let's play this game. Um, he's got he got like like sword arms. Yeah, I'm getting like it's definitely a Colossus vibe, um, where he's bones and maybe skin can be made out of metal yeah Matt, what's your guess um i mean it just I'll, I'll play it literally it looks like he can put an exoskeleton bone on the outside of his skin he's got the bone bone fruit <laughs> i was also gonna guess bone bone fruit yeah T- todd you want to throw your hat in the ring i want to i don't want to say bone bone fruit since you get since you all did um no it's probably bone bone fruit um, Todd was actually the closest. It's more of a Colossus thing where he can turn his body into steel, but specifically a steel blade. Could be steel, so steel fruit then. Or the, the dice, sword, dice fruit. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's okay. not as good. Okay. That one isn't as snappy, but that's why mm. I wanted you to guess that one because that, yeah. that one's a little less obvious. Um, anyway, this is a cool fight because this is a man who is a sword against a man who has three swords. Um, <laughs> oh, good. So that's fun. Uh, Zoro has this moment, like Zoro gets his shit wrecked, and he he has this moment where he has to reach deep into his training, and something about like he re- he recalls his master talking about the ability to slice steel, which is like heretofore impossible. Sure. Um, but Zoro tries harder and slices <laughs> Dembo- Daz bones into a thousand pieces. Um, so we got Nami <laughs> the real here. Steel was the Daz we bones <laughs> along the way. <laughs> there it is. Um. Okay, so we've got Nami, who's facing off against Miss Doublefinger, who is Mr. One's partner. Now, remember, Nami, to this point, like, Nami has not been a fighter. She can, like, she, she's nimble. She can hold her own, but she doesn't really, like, she can't fight against these people who are, like, 
you know, fucking superheroes. Um, so we get a little callback of Nami on the ship asking Usopp to make her a cool weapon so that she can, like, you know, handle her own against, like, like along the likes of Zoro and, 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 the, and the team. Usopp creates this, this, uh, this fun rod called the Climb Attack, which, like, it's a long, drawn-out episode, but it's basically, like, it does, it's this thing that does a bunch of party tricks, like creating balls of light, electricity, rain, and stuff. It's, like, kind of, like, weather properties. And Nami, like, all... In a silo, none of these things are very effective against a, an effective, essentially a superhero, but Nami has to figure out how to, like, create them all together and basically, like, create, like, this electrocution blast or whatever. Doesn't matter. It's a cool Nami moment, but that's beside the point. Miss Doublefinger, uh, she's another, she's got another Kirby power. She's got needle. Um, she can turn anything into, into any part of her body, body into sharp needles. This is the spike spikes fruit. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Nami, Nami gets her shit wrecked, but is able to combine the effects of the climb attack to send Miss Doublefinger blasting off again by, by way of electrocution. So those are all of our big fights. So those are the main Baroque Works agents that we see. Um, we're going back to Vivi. Vivi arrives at the palace in time to see Crocodile threatening the real King Cobra's life. So now they're all at the palace. Um, he informs Vivi that a bomb's been placed in the middle of the city. That's basically just going to like wipe out everybody. Like, because basically you've got it. The civil war is happening like literally on the in the city. Also, Koza is apparently alive and makes it. It makes his way up to the castle to see all of this and is like, "Oh shit, we've been had. Got it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vivi and Koza reconcile quickly, and Vivi's like, "We have to go get the bomb." Also, we learn why Crocodile is take wants to take over Alabasta. He is looking for the location of an ancient weapon called Pluton which is said to be buried deep within Alabasta. Nobody but King Cobra has ever heard of this. Okay, got it. Okay. Um, Crocodile throws Vivi off a building, um, but she is saved just in time by Luffy, who shows yeah. up. He's got the stretch arms. Luffy is riding on one of Vivi's uh, like attendants, bodyguards, who is another th- zone fruit guy who can turn into a hawk, whatever. Sure. Okay. Um, is it the hawk hawk fruit? um vivi vivi then goes to find the bomb while luffy says i'm gonna punch crocodile crocodile is all confident when luffy shows up he's like didn't i kill you (laughs) um and luffy in this really cool scene just like cold cocks him right in the face like we see like luffy's fist come out and just like crocodile like oh (laughs) it's really good um well turns out luffy figured out how to beat crocodile all it took was water Oh yeah, like, sure, like sure. actual so, Sandman's to, weakness. Yeah, yeah. Well. Like it's just wow. water. He needs but to because, read more Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but because of the reason why there, because Crocodile stopped the rain was that he could, so he could be near invincible. Got it. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Luffy is strapped with two like wooden barrels of water that he got from the old man in Yuba. <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> nice. So that's uh, image forty-one. Is is Luffy all ready to go? He's all. Huh. He's all strapped in. Um, okay, so the exciting finish of Alabasta. Crocodile. We've got Crocodile versus Luffy. Um, Crocodile re- retaliates, and Luffy then decides that it's a good time to drink the entire barrel <laughs> of water and becomes a big fat blob man. And he's like, I'm water, Luffy, now. It doesn't do great. <laughs> uh, so, so Crocodile is like, peace, nerd. And Crocodile and Miss All Sunday head out and lead Cobra down into this old tomb where the poneglyph is supposed to be. The poneglyph is the thing that's supposed to tell them where the weapon is. Um, 
Miss All Sunday reads it because she's the only one who can translate it for whatever reason and informs the rest of the group that it doesn't say anything about the weapon. Crocodile is like, oh, snap, cool, you can die now. And that's it. And she's like, yikes. And then she escapes. Okay. Hmm. Luffy catches up with Crocodile and they have their Frieza Goku fight. Um, at one point, Crocodile poisons Luffy with his hook hand. Um, Luffy just keeps on fighting. He just keeps on fighting. Um, just full of piss and vinegar and that not is, much else. That is the number mm-hmm. one power of any anime protagonist is a, a indomitable yeah. will. He yeah. just, yep, he just friendships harder. Um, up on the surface, uh, we see Miss All Sunday stopped by the Marines led by Tashigi, who are trying to k- take control of the chaos. Um, we get a flashback to get more information about Miss All Sunday. Her actual name is Nico Robin, and she actually got a bounty on her head as a child for 79 million berries. She is very dangerous, very powerful, and we see her wipe out the entire Marine crew with absolute ease. Now, Image 42 is actually a, a GIF. It's the only GIF in this thing, but I wanted to sh- put this in here to show because it's hard to illustrate what Nico Robin's power actually is. Um, her, while you guys watch this, her, her power is the flower flower fruit, which allows her to sprout parts of her body from any other living thing. No. But there's some ni- yeah, but there's some real nightmare implications. And if you're listening, you're not watching this gif. It's basically what happens is Nico Robin can like sprout her arms, like several copies of her own arms from like all kinds of directions and basically like choke out, like kind yeah. of like detain, but also like choke anybody in her vicinity. So she's really powerful. And like kind of terrifying a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a it's a weird implication for flower flower fruit. Yeah. I miss the I miss the uh oh, okay, that's that's Miss All Sunday's Yeah. Power. Nico Robin gotcha. is Miss All Sunday. Gotcha. Uh for a second I was like, wait, whose team is she on? But again, yeah. Intentions are unknown. We don't know. Yes. Intentions yeah. unknown. She is she is is like the bomb mom king. Intentions yeah. are unknown. <laughs> um Okay, so Vivi is, is searching for the bomb. Vivi catches up with the rest of the, the Straw Hats. Together, they all search for the bomb. The bomb is, they find it. It's being protected by our final two Baroque Works agents, Mr. Seven and Miss Father's Day. Fantastic. She a short end of the stick. There's yeah. nothing much to say about these two. They kind of suck. They're just like weird snipers. That's it. They're just weirdos with guns. They don't have devil fruit powers. Uh, so the, so Vivi, Vivi kind of catches, she kind of kicks them out of a water tower and they uh they can't dismantle the bomb. So remember that eagle man from before? Yeah. He shows up and he's like, "Don't worry, I've got it." And he uh he grabs the bomb and carries it high into the sky and basically just Iron Manning him himself from Avengers One. Does yes. a does a Batman mm-hmm. in the Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, like mm-hmm. anything. And ever and then he sacrifices himself. Yada yada yada. He's not dead. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Back underground, Luffy versus Crocodile. Luffy at one point is like so beat up and bloody that he's out of water, but now he starts using his blood as a way to coagulate Crocodile's sand. That rules. Oh, good. So in image 44, this is kind of the last shot of him uh, like gut punching Crocodile and sending him blasting off again uh, into the sunset. Nice. Yeah. What's, um, what's the thing on Crocodile's hand? Uh, that is hook. That's that his... is his hook arm. That's his hook arm. Or hook hand. Oh, okay. So it's just got like a big yeah. gold ball he, base. He at this point, at this point, he crushed the hook. Like he punched the hook and crushed it to pieces. Guys. Nice. Okay. Cool. Like Luffy, okay. Luffy did. Okay. Yeah. It's a pretty cool fight. I mean, it goes on for way too long, but it is a cool fight. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So and that's it. And uh, so that what? that's a basically... shonen jump fight goes on for way too long. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So Crocodile is defeated. Yay! Um, Cobra is still alive down in the tomb. He thanks Luffy for everything and carries Luffy out because Luffy is now unconscious and full of poison, just chock full of poison. And this is a kind of a nice moment after Crocodile is defeated. Uh, uh, it starts to rain in Alabarna for the first time in three years. Uh, because again, Crocodile <laughs> was preventing the rain. Yeah. One other one other component to Crocodile's power that I didn't touch over but makes the fight really interesting is Crocodile can actually absorb the water from anything he touches. So like there's parts where he'll grab Luffy's arm and he'll start to shrink it like a prune. Oh, um, oh wow. So he can actually yeah, he can actually suck up moisture like sand. So this is how, like, literally just him existing was sucking up all the moisture in the sky and, like, further creating this drought. So him being gone, now it's raining. Hooray! Once again, pointing out Luffy really got the short end of the stick compared right. to some of these, like, oh, yeah. I can do God's. this thing and yeah. this other thing and this yeah. fifth thing. Like, yeah. Exactly. So the fighting, the Civil War ends. Um, everyone's like, what's going on? And... uh the remaining Broke Works agents are being brought to justice. Uh, Mr. Two, a.k.a. Bon Clay, is able to slip out inconspicuously because he can, you know, shapeshift. He later then contacts the Straw Hats, informing them that he's taken their ship, quote, for safekeeping. Good. Um, right. So in our final, in our <laughs> final two episodes... Setting up our episode, conflict for the next arc. Yep. In our final two-episode epilogue, the Straw Hats are resting up at the Alabarna Palace while the Marines are literally stalking them outside. They they make a quick escape in the night to escape to avoid the Marines. Uh, but before they do, they ask Vivi to come with them. Um, Vivi takes the entire day to consider leaving. Ultimately, she decides to stay in Alabasta to help her father rebuild. Um, and while waiting for Vivi, the Straw Hats are meet up with Bon Clay and actually like team up with Bon Clay to fight off the Marines because at this whole time, Bon Clay's like, I just want to be friends with you. You guys are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> And in image 45, they all reconcile pretty dang quick. Friendship. And they're, yep. all just, yep. they're all just jumping around having fun. Yep. So whatever. So they fight off the Marines uh, and, and all is good. Um, they say their goodbyes to Vivi. The Straw Hats go back to their ship to leave. And waiting for them is none other than Nico Robin, uh, previously known as Miss All Sunday, who tells them she's joining their, gr their crew. Oh, oh. nice. Yep. She doesn't seem like the kind of person you tell isn't invited to the party. Yeah, but she's also not the kind of person you tell no to. Yeah, she'll, yeah. she'll bring her weird forced yeah. body horror on you. <laughs> yeah. So we get a little bit of flashback or a little more exposition to Nico Robin. Um, she explains that she's an archaeologist. So her whole thing was she wanted to read the Poneglyphs. And she, like, she allied herself with Crocodile so that she could get to the Poneglyph. Seems like a pretty awful way to, yeah. to, yeah. to like read a thing, but whatever. But whatever. Um, yeah. Sure. Sure. Fine. But she saved Luffy in the end, so I guess it's okay. Anyway, yeah. Nico Robbins are our latest, our 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 newest entrance. So we're up to seven Straw Hats at this point. In in my mind, there's like people are getting hit with slingshots. People are getting punched from like stretchy arms. Some yeah. man is getting murdered or like strangled by a pair of hands that have grown that out of his own his. neck. Yeah. yeah. yeah like yeah. just yeah. very different scenes happening here. And there we are. That's it. That's all of Alabasta. So that, my friends, Ooh. is your in-depth summary of the first 130 episodes of Shonen Jump's One Piece, which also I might add happens to be every episode currently available on Netflix, at least oh, at the time of this recording. Okay. Oh, okay. So mm. did I if 
you said 130 episodes. That means mm-hmm. there's seven times this amount of episodes still out there. Is that correct? Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if you want to know more, you'll just have to subscribe to Funimation or... I don't want to say this next part. Say it. Say it. Do it. Do it. Or... Do it. Hit up our Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash debatethiscast and pay us $50 and maybe we'll do one more episode of One Piece. I don't know. I feel like the One Piece, ep- the one piece price uh, j- just went up. <laughs> it has to it's go gonna, higher. It's it might gonna, not be yeah. $50 anymore. Yeah. At this point, if anyone makes a Kickstarter, the goal is about <laughs> $350 and that'll get us to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Oh um, man, guys! I know it's we're running a little long here, a little long here. Um, parting parting thoughts. What what do you think of One Piece? Man, this is super fun. Yeah. Like it's it's mm-hmm. super fun, and it, the only thing that keeps me from well, the only two things that keep me from jumping in on it is that's a lot of episodes. The length and and I think you know from the short bits that I YouTubed since our last recording, um, I don't want to sit through battles that take fifteen episodes. Um, and yeah. those are the two things that keep me from actually watching the yeah, series. And same. instead, I'll just like, I'll just YouTube yeah. search specific things. Sim- I, similar I, to Todd. Yeah. I'm not interested in, yeah. in like, for the same reason I haven't gone back and watched uh, DBZ ever. Is I'm or not, Naruto. It's just, I'm exactly. not interested and, in the 15 episode, like, Goku's charging a spirit bomb. Like, yeah. Plots. Yeah. yeah. Because, because at the end of the day, and, and I, again, keep in mind. This is this is the content that they were doing in 2002. This predates Naruto or at mm-hmm. least like is early Naruto. This was this was very much a thing at the time and I, and I like to think that it's probably not like that now, but I sure. I don't know. I honestly sure. I don't know. Um because now I know as much as as the rest of you about One Piece. Um <laughs> I will say, you know, I definitely had my highs and lows. I think the highs are really high and the lows are really low. Um I did not give a fuck about Little Garden. I mentioned that earlier um, <laughs> when I was watching it. And, and even like the, the crocodile fight, there's some really interesting parts. But like, again, it's four episodes. You know, I, I, yeah. it's really hard to keep my keep mm-hmm. my I am much more interested in, in a single episode telling me Chopper's backstory than I am about like, four, four episodes, episodes about like a bunch fight. of punches. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, who's to say what the future holds? But yeah, go ahead, Matt. Um, I think that you did a really awesome job of diluting this story down to the amount that I could care about. Because I've Mm -hmm. I've said it a million times that, like, I'm not the anime guy and I'm never going to watch this. Um, Sure. (laughs) And I can't imagine. So an episode's like 22 minutes, right? Like typical cartoon length. Yep. Yeah. So, like, you know, round that up to a half an hour and 130 episodes is still like 65 hours of content. And yeah. I it's to be fair, it's more like 40 because when you're watching on Netflix, thank God, like people that watch anime, like thank God Netflix can skip intros yeah. because there's some some shows like this where you can skip the intro and then the previously on and you can skip the next time on. So really, it's like 15 minutes worth of content. You've cut out eight minutes of show at that. point. Yeah, yeah. but 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 still, still it's a lot. A lot. I mean, it's 130 yeah. divided by 15 is still a lot. Well, so. and still, like you said, it's 40 hours and that is yeah. 10 times the length of One Piece podcast we've done and 10 times yep. more than I could ever possibly give a shit about One that's, Piece. It's half of one whole Persona game. <laughs> And I don't play right. those either, Andrew. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not for anyone but you. I was trying to give you a compliment yeah. about how well I thought you did, and now I choose not Thanks. to. So That's, you, that you sleep with that tonight. Cool. Um, did any of you guys end up watching One Piece between episode one and two? 
just some YouTube videos. I wanted to watch yeah, the nah. Arlong fight. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, cool. Well, I uh, I, we'll leave it here. I mean, we've we've gone on. We'll probably this is probably going to go on past two hours. So, um, thanks everybody for listening in for sticking with us this long. Um, like always, please follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast or on our website at debatethiscast.com. I would be remiss if I didn't one more once more plug our Patreon. Um, there's a lot of great stuff up on Patreon. So not only do you have the ability to commission your own flavor texts, which at the time of this recording, we've got two more that have been named that are coming out for you. So we've got plenty of room here in the summer months um, for a cool 50 bucks, uh, which that price may change depending on <laughs> the ask. Um, you can commission your own episode of flavor text which we, despite the fact that we make the joke, we love doing these. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. This was a lot of fun to do. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I would not have done this if I didn't want to. Also available on the Patreon is at $5 a month is our premium feed, which you will have access to two shows, two exclusive shows, one being the continuing adventures of the Office Drones, our Dungeons and Dungeons podcast with an office flair, not the office, but just office flair. And then the other being the Plus is Loose, which is our newer recap show where we are currently covering WandaVision, which has been a lot of fun, which we mentioned at the top of the, the recording. And it's Todd's um, favorite podcast that he likes way more than Todd's, Office Drones. Todd's favorite, <laughs> Todd's favorite podcast that, that we do. Uh, yep. Um, last the last plug here, since you've been listening this long, we're streaming uh, on Twitch it, at the time of this recording at least two days a week on Mondays. Monday is Monday Night Football, which is all four of us playing a game. And then Wednesdays not is... Not at all football related. Yeah, Not at all zero. football don't related. Name, don't let the name distract yeah. you. Yeah, it's right now we're playing fucking Danganronpa, which is a murder high school. And then uh, Wednesdays, I started doing Weeb Wednesday, which again, very on brand. Uh, I am playing through Persona 5 The Royal, which has been really fun. Uh, so yeah, please tune in on that, both of which are in the evenings, like 8-ish. Eastern time. I always get yelled at yeah. for not saying time zones. Yep. Thank you, yep. Eastern Time. That's it, guys. Until next time, I am Andrew Henderson. I'm Matt. The real debate was the this we cast along the way. Cole? <laughs> I'm Kyle. Sad, sad fruit harper. <laughs> I, I'm Todd. Bon Clay is my favorite indie folk band, Thomas. <laughs> and we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. <laughs> <laughs>